Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, D-gentlemen, degenerates and gamblers, far and wide. Welcome back to the TTL pod and welcome into the New Year's Eve spectacular, New Year's Eve weekend spectacular, if you will. We have an absolutely loaded show coming at you on this beautiful Wednesday of bets, also known as, so you don't have to check your calendar for the first time today, December the 29th in the year 2021. Can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by before we jump on into today's action and beyond, all the way through Sunday, actually. Please, take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. If you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that notification bell over there as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional content dropping from the crew. Or if you're watching on one of our social media platforms, make sure you hit that like button, that follow button there too, so you don't miss any of our additional social media content. Or if you are listening to the pod on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit that subscribe button there too as we always release the audio of every episode after each live show is complete next item up on the docket you could be so kind you can find it in your heart to do so go ahead as well hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating jump on over yonder in the live chat if you could be so kind maybe hit that share button send it on over to your brothers sisters aunts uncles moms dads enemies friends neighbors people who live on the opposite side of the globe as you what i'm trying to say is the people in your life that you would refer to as the good old-fashioned ticket cash and degenerates because that's what we are here at the TTL pod and we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do uh, all of those things. Uh, it only helps us make TTL sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, certainly not least, on the opening formalities here, head on over to this episode's description where you will find the Talking the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will locate the TalkingTheLine.com website, all of the TTL crew social platforms, and our additional content so you can consume all of that jazz in one convenient location, however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen and beautiful gambling people, D-Gentlemen, uh, ladies and D-Gentlemen, CC Talking the Line Podcast 2021, and beautiful gambling people joining us. Cannot ever forget that now. Uh, for episode number 192 of the TTL Pod, I am your humbled, honored, hyped, and always handicapping host, Colton Cap and Colt Soroka, and I can't thank you enough for choosing to stop by in this gorgeous Wednesday of bets. As per usual, hang out with me and my partner, Get some picks, get some insights, get some analysis, dive into plenty of rabbit holes along the 
ooh, along the way, excuse me. Uh, we also have uh, quite a lot to talk about as far as the remaining bowl games coming up here for the rest of the week. We're going to dive into the Week 17 NFL slate. I'll tell you all about what's coming up here very soon. But first things first, we have to bring in the second man that graces us with his presence every morning here at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You know him around these parts as the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend and hey partner, you think you could be cool and unmute yourself for me because I can't do it. I appreciate the hell out of you. Without further ado, the TTL's resident South Sider, Cheesehead, Chief Marketing Officer, Graphics Intern, and everything in between, Mr. Riley, our mags. Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, thank you for the round of applause. I am doing fantastic, even better now. But uh, yeah, man, I don't know about you, but I am ready for an absolutely loaded show. Loaded slate today, loaded slate tomorrow through Sunday. I can't wait, dude. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it, man. We're uh, we're rocking and rolling. It's a uh, beautiful question mark day here in the, the old Windy City, uh, at least on the outside, mm. question mark. But, uh, you know. We're, uh, we're making shit happen inside. So, hey, I'm feeling good today, man. I don't know about you, but uh, let's get rocking and rolling. 100%. We're out of uh, the snow. We had a nice little blizzard yesterday, but it looks like we're clear for the next few days here. Um, outside of that, even though it's cold outside, the bets are still hot, boys. We hope you decided to ride with us yesterday and you continue to ride with us for the rest of bowl season, rest of this weekend and next week, and for the rest of your lifetimes as far as we're doing this here show and whatever else we may do because – we promise to continue to help you cash tickets just like we did yesterday. So as a full transparency show, my friends, it is always our duty to share with you the previous day's best bets of the day. So for the first time, live on your screen, TTL Crew's best bets from December the 28th, 2021. You see them now behind us, partner. I give you another Baby. round of applause. 3-0 and clean sweep. Just a Sweeping them right off the board, my friend. Um, how you feeling? Any key takeaways? Anything you can say overall? Nothing crazy. I wish, uh, you know, obviously I didn't give out to any advice as far as pit money line, but I wish those boys could have got the job done outright. But hey, that was a damn good game. You and I were watching that together for a second there. But uh, man, those two football games, I mean, both of those football games were solid games as well. Round of applause to you. Two and one should have been three, uh, should have been four and oh. Hell, that under, uh, I, I, I don't feel good about that under. That uh, first half got a little, uh, got a little, uh, a little too much. Know, a little too bullshit. A little too high flying. Yeah, and, you know, Air Force coming out with some passes here and there. What the hell was that about? So Three I, just bombs. Yeah, I think you're on the right side. Obviously, I mean, it was a loss. But I think, you know, if you had the chance again, I would have backed you on that one once again. And, of course, the uh, scene that we are in, we did not get a chance to see. It sounds like uh, NC State's trying to get another opponent in as uh, ASAP. But I doubt that's going to happen. But nonetheless, Fuck you, man, COVID! Fuck you, COVID! Yeah. Nonetheless, we saw some other baseball stadium action last night, I do believe, and we got some more today, so I'm ready to dive into some stuff, dude. How about a solid day for us? Uh, I am ready to rock and roll. Yeah, hey, appreciate you too. Uh, Houston Air Force, no problem, no sweat. That under really chapped my ass, so I'm glad you uh, took a little time to uh, mention that. Missed by about uh, four and a hook, so hey, is what it is. I would take the under nine times out of that uh, ten in that once again. Uh, UCLA, I thought that was probably going to be the game of the night, and uh, I was even more convinced by the time uh, we got off the show that we were on the right side. Yeah. And you son of a bitch, COVID got postponed. Uh, two for Tuesday, parlay, St. Mary's absolutely hard. Dog walloped the Yale yeah. Bulldogs. That was no sweat. I told you, 
guys, when I'm comfortable enough to lay chalk like that, yeah. it's it's probably the right side. Like, I don't want to say, like, oh, I know <laughs> no, the I most hear what when you're I saying, do though. that, but I don't fucking lay chalk like that. So when I do, it, it's pretty much guaranteed. And then Fresno State, as much of a guarantee as anything is in this business, but Fresno yeah. State, man, down by 10 at half, we're scrapping, we're clawing, got it to 7, to 5, to 7, to 5, to 8, to 6. And finally lost the game by 10 when it was all said and done. So couldn't get us to the window. And then Moneyline dice, cool, way the hell back off. Don't get a chance to redeem themselves for uh, the New Year's Spectacular because you know we got too much shit to talk about. 0-2, Houston Moneyline. Houston Rockets gave it all they had. I will say that for the dice. They gave it all they had to the waning moments of that game. Uh, Caused that total to go way over because of how how much they showed up. And, uh, hey, end of the day is what it is. 0-2 for the dice, 1-2 and two on the week. If you tailed us all the way across the board, a nice, uh, what there, three and one day. Maybe maybe even you took the points with me and then also a little sprinkle with mags on the money line when they were still plus money. Maybe you had yourself just a day and a half. I don't know. Either way, say? definitely a positive day <laughs> from the TTL crew that is now live back on your screen. All right. Let me get that out of here. As what far as last recap for me, I uh, you cashed the ticket, I do believe, if you stuck with it. But that damn Arizona Coyotes-San Jose Sharks game, I uh, we went a little deep into hockey yesterday trying to take some shots. You went a little safer. I went with some big swings, money line. Freaking 8-7 to seven overtime loss for the damn Coyotes. Yep. Yep. Oh my it was gosh, insane. Dude. It was insane. Sweaty game. Sweaty game. Yeah, that but, plus uh, one yeah. and a half cashed. Uh, my Montreal Habs cashed the plus one and a half. Got in early. Fuck I think line. I am. Um, yeah, yeah, you're just, you're getting wild out there. I think that's what was my problem early on last year is like, I saw the puck line. I'm like, Oh dude, these, they gotta win. Right. And then we'd get screwed like something like that. So, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, I am turning into a hockey shark. Maybe getting a little bit, uh, who's to say who's to know. Um, also might have a couple of, uh, NHL leans to talk about in the, Mm. uh, second half of the show. I don't know. I haven't locked anything in, but we got stuff to talk about. We also have, uh, plenty of picks to talk about for today uh i got seven picks i got four college basketball picks and uh, a pick from every single college football uh matchup today the chick-fil-a peach bowl uh no i'm sorry that is not that's not the right one that's not my right notes i sorry uh the new era pinstripe bowl the cheese it bowl and the valero alamo bowl gotta pick out every one of those mags has a pick out of the cheese it bowl and the alamo bowl we lining up on both of those actually as well and then uh you got two plays on the college basketball hardwood so yes, sir. Two four, in, four in general. So the description is actually wrong. If you read the description, it says 10. We got 11 plays to uh, dish out. 7 plus 4 equals 11. I guess uh, technically if you line us up on 2, we only got 9. So somewhere in the middle there, I guess uh, 10 is in the hey, middle smart. of 11 and 9. So hey, <laughs> what the hell do you know? Who the hell am I? There you go. There you have it. We'll dish all of our uh, picks out for today. We'll also uh, give you the Wednesday Warrior and the Wednesday Parlay pop-up because who the hell would we be if we didn't do special plays too? Especially um, Wednesday. Especially Wednesday. Are you kidding me? It's our favorite uh, special play. We do uh, the double special play. We got uh, Warrior this week coming from the NBA Hardwoods, so stick around for that. Uh, we'll recap all of today's best bets. Then we'll shift gears, drop it down into second, and start burning a little bit of rubber on the rest of the uh, bowl games for the season. We'll talk about um, everything from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So all of, uh, I guess, uh, Thursday's nothing, but then New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, all of the bowl games that'll be on there. So 
I have uh, I have three remaining picks outside of what I got today, and I mean we'll run through the whole slate, but just kind of a, a foreshadowing. I only got three there all the way through Saturday, so we'll run through the whole slate. We'll talk about it. We won't do the uh, if you tuned into the Christmas uh, spectacular, we will not do like the full handicapping breakdown, anything like that. But we will kind of do like the cup of Joe on campus feel. So right. we'll go through the whole slate. We'll do all that, and then uh, once we finish up the uh, rest of the bowl slate, we will go into Week 17 of the NFL season. I repeat, Week 17 of the NFL oh. season. This is not a drill, my friends. Um, two weeks left. Thank goodness we got an extra week of football this year, but two Seriously, weeks left. Man. So cherish every minute of it. We'll talk about it. This has got to be – I said it last week. I feel like they progressively just keep getting harder because they're just so stupid on the spreads and totals and everything. So we got a lot to talk about uh, once we get into that. Again, we'll go through the entire slate of the NFL and give you some of the value that we're locking in or might have our eyes on so far. Outside of that, that'll wrap up uh, kind of first half of the show, uh, everything best bets-wise, yada, yada, yada. Then we'll dive into the second half of the show our mag sidebar, I'm sure we'll have some New Year's uh, stuff, maybe a little uh, something, something to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, what's coming up for maybe a potential TTL tradition. Uh, little did you know, one year of TTL comes in but three short days. So uh, maybe we'll have to talk a little bit about that here today. Have a couple of daily leans. I got a sheet full of shit we can talk about too if we run out of anything. And then uh, outside of that, Motivation Minutes, the usual John Wooden quote to uh, – Close out the podcast week, I guess. We still Love got uh, two close more. Out the, close out the fucking year, my man. Close out the year, dude. Yeah, I got to hey, remember that and, and preface all of that because we ain't going to be here Thursday and Friday. We're, uh, we're taking a little extended vacay, a little, uh, little four-day weekend, having some time for the TTL crew and hitting the ground absolutely fucking running come 2022. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk plenty of that. So, uh, partner, unless you got anything else, my man, you ready to... Uh, Hit the final TTL pod of 2021. What the fuck? Did I think I I'm just ready to say? rock, dude. I, I guess I didn't really. That didn't really set in for us. I don't think did it. <laughs> I can tell it didn't set in for you because I kind of just said that out loud to myself, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's yeah, that is what that is, huh? Well, in no other way. <laughs> way. We appreciate the fuck out of each and every one of you that give Seriously. us the opportunity to do this. Um, Hundred and ninety-two. TTL pod episodes that you've allowed us to show up and talk some shit to each and every one of you. Um, wouldn't want to do it with anybody else to my left. Appreciate the fuck out of you, dude. Said we were going to pop some bottles Same on the thing. show. Didn't end up uh, Didn't end up securing any bottles. I totally forgot about that. Uh, hey, it's all totally. good. Sometimes I nice. talk some shit because I get hyped on the show and then I get into other <laughs> shit. And it, is and it was what on the show is. and then the show ends and we don't really remember <laughs> half the things we talk about. It, yeah. is, it is what it is, but... All I can say to you, all I can do for now is, to me, to you over there, good sir, and to all of you beautiful people that join us every single day, and especially on today's show, last TTL pod of 2021, take your sip of the black elixir of the gods. Let's get on with it. Hey, instead of champagne, I got some cheap Whoa! wine, some cheap strawberry wine or peach wine, whatever the hell it is, Hey, some and, lights. And if it was 20, well, ooh, 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 I got some Vizzies there in the old fridge. I don't know. That's oh a little bubbly. That's a little bubbly. We get a little weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe second half of the show, I disappear for a second. I grab a little something. You disappear for a second. We do a little ad lib. Who knows what the hell? They who knows? Who knows? Who, who knows what's going on in the second half of the show, but for now on the first half of the show, it's time to quit the nonsense, stop the gossip, and cut the 
banter you could go to every other sports media outlet and get. You come to the TTL pod for the Stone Cold Locks picks, insights, analysis, eh, diving into a rabbit hole or two along the way. But most importantly, running tickets to the window with the TTL crew all day and night long. So without further ado, it's time to get into the first segment of the day. Mr. Riley, R-Mags Magnuson's best bets of the day. Already told you he's got four coming at you. We're lining up on two. I got nothing else to say. As per usual, partner, let him rip. Let him have it. And as always, you have the floor. All righty, my man. Should I start with college basketball today and then lead right into our uh, college football um, that we're lining up on? Or flip it around. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. That'll work. Okay. College basketball. I'm starting today in the SEC. We've got a couple matchups. I know you're talking about one partner as well, but I've got one. Two teams that I really enjoy watching. LSU at Auburn Tigers. Tigers on Tigers. I am going to the underdog Tiger in this one. Go Tigers. Uh, Four and a half for LSU is where I caught it. Uh, Seen it four, four and a half in certain spots. I do think that is a couple too many points. I Both these teams are really, really good, and I don't know why, but the public perception of LSU is that there really isn't much public perception. For whatever reason, we just aren't seeing them uh, in certain spots the same way that we have on Auburn on the main spotlight of national television, and I think that's skewing some public perception here. Because mm. uh, as it stands right now, partner, LSU holds the number one adjusted defensive efficiency rating in the entire country. This defense is fantastic. On top of that, they are number one in effective field goal percentage allowed. And against this Auburn team, that is going to be really important today. The other thing that uh, another huge kind of over-the-top edge that really pushed me over to this one, partner, uh, is this rebounding category where you like to go in some spots here. <laughs> LSU 13th on the defensive side in the country offensive rebounding per game and uh offensively seventh so top 15 on both offensive and defense and then you flip over to auburn 75th on offense Mm. 80th on defensive Mm. so not terrible but when you're stacking against uh stacking up against one of the best rebounding teams in the country i'm gonna side with the team that is the Top 15 rebounding team in the country, along with their fantastic defense. Uh, the one flaw for LSU so far is their three-point issues, uh, partner. Near the bottom on offense, three-point shooting. However, they are 11th on defense in three-point percentage allowed. So they don't get it. They just avoid these you know, three-point bomb shootouts in general. And that's, again, going to be really important against this Auburn team. Mm. Uh, if Auburn can exploit that somehow, then that's how this one would lose. But like I said, 11th in three-point percentage allowed. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and as far as some trends to close it all out, LSU 13-3, and three, last 16, this is ATS, last 16 following a straight-up win. 4-1, and one, last 5 on Wednesday, partner, ATS for LSU. 11-3, and three, ATS, last 14 versus a team with a winning record. Uh, five and two last seven as a road uh, on the road and as a dog, excuse me. And the road team in this matchup itself is eight and three ATS the last eleven. Give me the Tigers of LSU. Go Tigers plus four and a half in this one, partner. Go Tigers. I'm already Tigers. in the boat with you, man. I've already hammered it in. I'm already ready to rock and roll. I uh, I think you're on the right side, especially when it lost the hook on some place across uh, places across the market. I think uh, I think that was kind of the key giveaway. I think this one doesn't finish by more than uh, two points. Either way, we'll see uh, we'll see if Auburn defends home court or if uh, LSU comes in and smacks them in the mouth. But either way, I don't think it finishes by more than two. I believe you're on the right side, my friend. We'll take the points all day long. I'm in the boat. Let's gently row it down the stream for your first best bet of the day. The LSU go Tigers plus four. Uh, partner, second best bet from you coming from the college basketball hardwood. 
Excuse me. Uh, this one is going to the other, or actually not the opposite coast. It is the same coast, ACC, the Atlantic coast. Uh, just a little bit, uh, well, I was going to say a little bit north as far as typically the conference, but this one is in Miami, so I'm eating mm. my words over here. NC State mm-hmm. at Miami mm-hmm. on the hardwood. I am taking NC State Wolfpack plus the three points in this one. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Both of these teams have a lot of flaws, partner. Um in a lot of different spots, I think we'll probably be fading this NC State team, but I think this matchup specifically uh, favors NC State in this one. Miami, I think we're going to start seeing some regression from them. A, I don't think they're a very good team in general, uh, but they're 9-3 straight up. They have the number 8 luck factor in the entire country out of 358 teams. They are the eighth luckiest team, so a lot of half uh, 50-50 calls have been going their way. I think we're going to start seeing that to uh, drop back a little bit starting tonight here. Uh, as far as re- I don't have a ton of glaring edges. It's really just both these teams have a lot of flaws. Like I said, there's certain spots, though, where NC State is less flawed than Miami, to put it simply. Uh, again, I'll go with rebounding here. 39th on the offensive side is NC State compared to 131st on their defensive side for rebounding. And now I know that 131st doesn't sound very pleasing to you, but when you compare that to Miami's 310th on offense and 241st on defense, I think we've got an uh, an edge on the rebounding category there because Miami just flat out does not do it on their side of things. So I'm going to flip over to some trends here. Road team, last last six meetings between these two teams, 5-1 ATS is the road team in this matchup. Miami 2-6 ATS at home this season. NC State 7-3 ATS last 10 road games. Haven't had a ton this season, but if you go back to last year, they were really profitable on the road in spots much like this. And Miami as a favorite last 16, so going back to last year as well, 3-12-1 ATS, 2-8-1 last 11 as a home favorite. They're just classically overvalued the last couple of years, partner. And I think this NC State team at plus three, I think this is a toss-up. I think they can win this one outright, but I'm happy to take the plus three. So give me the Wolf Pack for my second college basketball bet of the day, partner. I've already backed you on this one as well. Nothing else really to uh, say. I've only put a half unit on it uh, because, yeah, NC State and Miami are both shit shows, and I don't really know which way this one falls, but uh, I think you're on the right side. I'll gladly take the points, and uh, if I'm going to back you with uh, an underdog, you know I'm in in like Flynn on that one, boys. So, (laughs) hey, uh, outside of that, I uh, love it. Second best bet, uh, college basketball best bet. Coming from our mag today, NC State Wolfpack plus three. We'll be sure to recap all of those here shortly. But, Barter, keep it steaming. Flip gears, college football gridiron. Where are you going for your first best bet? Coming out of the Cheez-It Bowl between the Iowa State Cyclones and the Clemson Tigers. All righty, Cheez-It Bowl. This one's a little bit different of a Cheez-It Bowl than we usually have, partner. Usually these Cheez-It Bowls are absolute dumpster fire, mm. shit shows, three mm. turnovers. I mean, I think I think it was the Cheez-It Bowl it's a couple years ago. That, that. that classic, just ugly, miserable, miserably mm. exciting game, though, because of how ugly it was. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. we are going Clemson and ISU. Iowa State, the wrong ISU, partner. Um, we are taking the Clemson Tigers minus the two and a half. Let's I will, uh, you know, obviously not take... All of this away from your partner because we are lining up on this one. But for me, in this one, Clemson's defense is going to reign supreme. They are uh, Iowa State, that is, are without Brees Hall. Honestly, if Brees Hall was in, I would still really like Clemson. And, you know, you take away an NFL caliber running back off that team, it's just going to make me like him even that much more. They have not lost Clemson since the middle of October, partner. Everyone wants to talk about that this isn't your, uh, you know, this isn't our Clemson team. I was going to say your father's Clemson team, but it's basically our Clemson team of the last five years. 
And I'm not going to deny that that it isn't, but they are a much better team than they were in September and October when they were stumbling straight up and ATS for that matter. And you flip it on the other side, Iowa State's in the opposite boat. They're 2-3 and three straight up in ATS their last five. They're stumbling into this game, and now you take away their best offensive player and partner. I'll let you hammer it because it was your point that you said to me as far as uh, Mr. Brock Purdy's success. But I think this Clemson defense yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to eat all day long, and their offense is going to do just enough. A little bit concerning as far as some of their guys out, but I think it's a defense that's going to be the big factor in this one, partner. 100%. I was about to say, don't you dare steer my analysis know, over there. Uh, <laughs> two and four ATS actually last six for uh, ISU. Okay. And, I was and just and going, yeah, two, since it was straight five, up, two, also two, two and three and last four five. ATS yeah. last you six. Um, you compare that to uh, Clemson, four and two ATS last six overall. So, uh, yeah, they did kind of suck. They were fun to fade at the beginning of the year. It was really interesting. And then they fell off the, or they didn't fall off the face of the earth. They completely turned around uh, come October, middle of October, and they've been rocking and rolling. So I think they continue to do so you mentioned it uh Brees Hall is one of the biggest keys for me him being out declaring for the NFL draft he had 1,472 rushing yards uh this season 1,774 all-purpose yards and 23 total touchdowns that is a huge hit for Iowa State no question about it now partner uh you mentioned it here care to uh take a guess who's uh the second leading rusher on that Iowa State Cyclones team this year uh, I mean, I know who it is. You told me, but it is uh, Mr. Brock Purdy, the quarterback oh. of said Iowa State. Oh, it sure is. Not a running back, Brock Purdy, with only 224 yards, <laughs> rushing yards, as the second leading rusher for the Cyclones. The third le- leading rusher for the Cyclones is Jarrell Brock, who had 132 yards, my friend. So I'm not backing any of that. Without that rushing attack, it makes ISU incredibly one-dimensional, and I think we see a couple of other key things really play out here. This is a battle between DJ Uyunglele and Brock Purdy. I think it's time for DJU to step the fuck up, show up, show out. This is his time. This is Dabo's time of the year. I know I talk shit about Dabo a lot at the beginning of the year, but that was when we could fade him. Now, this is Dabo and Clemson time. This is when they show up and show out. I just said it. I also do not trust Jarrell Brock um, whatsoever uh, against Kobe Pace and uh, Will Shipley. If you watch Will Shipley or Pace at all uh, this year, they are absolute dogs on the ground. They will ground and pound the absolute mess out of this Cyclones defense. Uh, last but certainly not least, um, I think that uh, you mentioned it, partner, but this Clemson defense really does loom large here today. I think yeah. they're really what uh, does it for us. Ninth in yards per game allowed, ninth against the rush, so they were already solid against the rush now they don't have to worry about Brees Hall now they can focus on the pass make them one-dimensional or a Cyclones one-dimensional 38th against the pass they already were so they can become even better and third in opponent red zone touchdown or field goal conversion rate and second in points per game allowed I see a hard time uh or I see ISU having a hard time even getting the ball in the end zone whatsoever here today I think Clemson absolutely rocks and roll like we know about. And, partner, one final, uh, like the uh, team we know of, and one final thought here, partner. Um, you mentioned it. Typically this uh, cheese ball you know, kind of a shit show, slop fest, yada, yeah. yada. Last few years, you know, maybe it hasn't had the cheese bowl name, but it's been the same bowl. Maybe it's had a little bit different. So I dug deep into some trends. I looked back and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Iowa State's been involved in this bowl in the last two seasons, 2020 and 2019. I said, wow, Brock Purdy's been on that team. He must have done something pretty good in these games, right? 
Ooh, last year, ISU lost 37-9 to Oklahoma State, and in 2019, they lost 33-9 to Notre Dame. Mmm, I have a hard time seeing they're not going to make it three years in a row here, my friends, but uh, you don't believe me, you don't believe Mags. Believe the trends. Clemson, 14-2 ATS last 16 December games. 16-5 ATS last 21 neutral games. 6-2 ATS last 8 neutral games as a favorite. And 10-3 ATS last 13 bowl games. ISU is 1-4 ATS last 5 as a dog. 1-6 ATS last 7 neutral games. And combine those two, 0-5 ATS last 5 games played at a neutral site as an underdog. There you go. There you have it. Talk about a mouthful. Mag's uh, first college best bet, my first college best bet. Not into my best bets yet. Sticking with our mags still, but we're lining up on this one. From the Cheez-It Bowl, Clemson, not the right one, but go Tigers! Minus two and a half. Partner, keep it rocking and rolling with your second and uh, college football best bet and your final best bet of this Wednesday slate of action. Most definitely, sir. So this one going to, you mentioned it, the Alamo Bowl. Mm. Mm. Oregon and Oklahoma, we are going to Quack. the underdog in this Quack. matchup. The Quack and Ducks, Oregon Ducks, plus six and a half. Partner, I think this is just a few too many points in this one. I put this one closer to four and a half, three and a half uh, in favor of Oklahoma. Put it simply, the entire season, Oklahoma just plays up or down to whoever their opponents are. Eight of their 12 games have been either one score or they lost the game outright by a score or more, which they did a couple of times, obviously. Uh, And those other four games in which they weren't one-score games was TCU, Kansas, Western Carolina, and Texas Tech. A Texas Tech team at a time when they were really, really struggling before they fired their coach and turned things around a little bit. So those four games in which they took care of business were against four bad teams. Um, And that's not what we have here in Oregon, obviously. I don't think you should be fooled or turned away by what Oregon did against those two uh, in those two games against Utah. That is just a really, really specifically bad matchup for them in which they were absolutely walloped. And I don't think that's what we're going to see today. Um, they've obviously got Kevin Thibodeau is not out, uh, not playing on defense, but obviously that hurts. But that's not, uh, you know, t- taking him off that defense doesn't make them a bad defense or a bad team by any means. So I think they've got more than enough firepower. I, I think they can win this game outright. Like I said, I think it's three and a half, four and a half is what it should should be uh, but you're giving me close to a touchdown with an Oklahoma team that just didn't beat teams by more than a touchdown with any regularity certainly not any good teams. so give me the Oregon Ducks plus a six and a half man 100% partner we're lining up on it man uh, a couple of things that uh, you did mention that I'll mention here too I love the Ducks here at plus six and a half it's uh, kind of the sharp side already it was a little bit more sharp last night but it's still showing uh, 27% of bets 49% of actual money wagered yeah. on the spread uh, some books are making you pay the juice at plus seven where uh, some books are giving you no juice at plus the uh, six and a half so I suggest do your line shop and I got it at six and a half and I love it there a couple of keys for me my friends number one What in the world is Oklahoma going to do as far as scoring offensively now that their quarterback guru and offensive genius has packed the bags and he's never coming back, Jack? He's out. He's gone. He's done. He's in USC territory now. But, uh... That's it. I I just don't I don't see uh, I don't see Oklahoma having really any success. I mean I know uh, you mentioned it to me pre-show partner. Um, uh, yeah, Bob Stoops is on the sideline. Their former coach who had a lot of success, but he hasn't. But it's sure. been what six years, something like that. Great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I am not really too concerned about Stoops coming in and trying to win one for the Gipper boys. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe the win. 
May, eh, maybe, 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 but I don't see them covering this whatsoever. Right. Oregon's also pissed off on how they, I mean, absolutely embarrassing loss. Yeah. You me- you mentioned the two losses, but how they closed it out against Utah. I mean, they got absolutely obliterated in that game. Um, one thing I also think that really sticks out, I also, I, okay, I already mentioned, I think Oklahoma is going to struggle offensively. They lost their guy, Lincoln Riley. I think Oregon's defense wins them this game. So that two recipe of success right there seems that uh, we need to be taking uh, all of these points. Well, maybe doesn't win them the game. Maybe just gets them the cover. But you don't believe me, just a couple key stats. Uh, the Ducks are still 55th in yards per game allowed. That's not all Thibodeau. 88th against the pass. That's not all Thibodeau either. 32nd against the rush. 28th in turnover margin and 60th in points per game allowed. I think Oklahoma's going to have some defensive flaws, man. And I think we are going going to uh, see Oregon control the time of possession. They're going to utilize their rushing attack 24th in the nation. If if nothing else, you got a new coach coming in. Who knows what that one thing you can always do is know how to run the rock. Already 24th in the nation. I think they're going to have no problem here today and uh, get rocking and rolling real quick against Oklahoma for a nice cover. But you don't believe me. You don't believe Mags. Just believe the trends. Oregon 9-4 ATS last 13 versus 18 with a winning record. 26-12 ATS last 38 games. Played on grass. We love that for a game okay. to be won in the trenches. And 6-2 and ATS last 8 after scoring less than 20 points in their previous game. Can you say and spell R-E-B-O-U-N-D exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. That's what I'm seeing from the Ducks. Much like my partner, uh, maybe not an outright win, but uh, most definitely, pal, we love him to cover this plus six yeah. and a half. So we'll both take it. There you go. There you have it. Armag's final best bet of the day, his second college football best bet of the day, my second college football best bet of the day. Partner, anything to deliver, wrap up, banter about, put a bow on, if you will, in regards to your best bets for this wonderful Wednesday of action. Honestly, the only other thing I was going to add as far as that Clemson pick going back a couple, I see, I've heard a couple people talking about the motivation factor being against Clemson and they're not going to be motivated. And I, I completely disagree with that because it's, you know, not the same caliber of game that they've been used to the past five, six years. I think that if they lost this game, it would be the cherry on top of a massive disappointing season if they get oh, this one shit. done outright and win this one by at least three. Dabo's um, seat you know, gets a little hot if they don't come home with a fucking piece of fucking hardware. I didn't say it's getting fucking. He's gonna. They're searching for new coaches next I week. Know, I said I it gets a little hot if he if they don't bring home a piece of hardware. They show up this season. I'm just fucking further back in your fucking point. No, I get it. it. It's, I, just, it's even further back in your fucking point. I mean, it's not disagreeing with you whatsoever. So. I think, they, I think yeah. they need to bring home some hardware, man. I, I, I agree. agree. I agree with okay. you, dude. I'm all over it. We love it. We love the two and a half. Wish we could have both got them at uh, plus money, plus. though. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, no big deal is what it is. Uh, got in late, but wanted to make sure everybody was healthy. So there you go. There you have it, our Mag's best bets of the day. Okay, let's flip the script here into my best bets of the day. I got uh, one more college football pick to dish out for you guys. And then uh, we'll get into a few college basketball picks, and uh, then we'll recap. Oh, well, we'll get into the special plays, recap everything, and then uh, flip gears entirely for the rest of the bowl game. So, here we go. Last bowl game on tap today: the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, played at Yankee Stadium. This should be pretty doggone sick to watch, actually. Yeah. Maryland Terrapins, the Terps, going up against. I'm in love with the Hokies. 
Virginia Tech Hokies. Plus three and a half. You better believe that's what we're taking. Uh, everyone and their brothers, their uncles, their dogs, their sons, they all think that Maryland is going to uh, come in, and because of some key outages that I'll actually talk about, uh, the Terps are going to come in and walk all over the Hokies. I call bullshit when everyone zigs, I zag. You don't know that by now. You better get familiar. A couple of key reasons. Uh, speaking of outages, uh, Virginia Tech, yeah, they are going to be missing their starting quarterback, Braxton Burmeister. Uh, cool. No big deal. I'm not worried about it uh, because that's not exactly what has been winning them games all this season, and uh, they have a pretty solid solid backup quarterback, two solid backup quarterbacks actually, but they named a starter. I'll talk about him as well. The rushing attack won them games. I'll mention that here in just a minute. And uh, Raheem Blackshear is not out for this game. I believe he is going to absolutely smack the Terps in the mouth on defense, but I'll talk about that here again in a second. Now, first, backup quarterback, Connor Blumrick. He is number one QB here today. He is... Um, Pretty much a spitting image of Burmeister. I think he is uh, is going to have plenty of success here today. He's a dual-threat quarterback, so I'll also talk about him just a little bit more. Um, he's got two passing touchdowns and uh, two rushing touchdowns in five appearances this year. No starts. Uh, always was behind Burmeister. They also have Tavon Robinson. Uh, can come in, rip off a few yards. He's got some solid legs if they need him whatsoever as well. Number one, I think Virginia Tech's defense wins them uh, this game on, on top of all of that. That is what has mainly won them games. That is what they have hung their hats on. Guys are talking about, oh, there's two, there's three, there's four defensive guys out. I'm like, where are you seeing this? So I look into it, and it's like a third string, a second string defensive tackle. It's guys that are not, oh, my gosh, it's going to swing the entire flow of this defense. Virginia Tech is going to be solid. I'm not worried about him defensively. 72nd in yards per game allowed, 55th against the pass, 87th against the rush, 28th in opponent third down conversion rate, 84th in opponent red zone uh, conversion rate, 74th in sack percentage, and 27th in opponent completion percentage, 42nd in points per game allowed. I mentioned right there at the end, sack percentage and uh, completion percentage, that 74th and 27th ranking, because everybody thinks Taulia is going to come in and absolutely rake this Virginia Tech uh, defense. And, oh, <laughs> look at my partner already shaking his head over there. We tried to back Taulia time and time again and said the same thing out of our blasphemous mouse, and then he would go in and get smacked in the teeth, just yeah. like against a very similar defense to this. I also looked into turnover margin. Partner, wouldn't you know Virginia Tech is 40th in the nation? Well, tied for 40th, but still 40th in the nation in turnover margin, where Maryland is 119th. So I think old Tally is going to have a couple yes. of turnovers uh, that folks aren't expecting. Last but certainly not least, um, anticipate Raheem Blackshear to have a uh, pretty solid day. I told you I'd bring it back up. He had 121 attempts this year, 711 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, they can also lean on Burmeister, too. He's got two rushing touchdowns with uh, no starts so far this year. So they can lean on him, dual rushing ability. And Raheem Blackshear, I think those two will produce enough offensively for him. Uh, um, Burmeister, not Burmeister, I'm sorry. Blumrick can uh, sling the rock as well, so I'm not worried about that. And then Virginia Tech gets us out of any sticky situations with their defense. But you don't believe me and my stupid-ass opinions. Just believe the trends. Maryland. 15 and 37 ATS last 52 following an ATS win. Can you say let down? Maryland 9 and 29 ATS last 38 following a straight up win. Can you say mega let down? 1 and 7 ATS last 8 overall. 0 and 4 ATS last 4 December games. And this is Maryland's third bowl game in the last 10 years. Partner, they are 0 and 3 against the number in all three of those bowl games. Virginia Tech is 4 and 1 ATS last 5 meetings with Maryland and 4 and 1 straight up 
their last five meetings with Maryland. Don't buy into the nonsense of Burmeester being out. We ain't worried about it whatsoever. They have a fine backup quarterback they've already named as a starter in Mr. Connor Blumrick that is going to lead us to victory. Maybe not. At least to cover the plus three and a half. Virginia Tech Hokies plus three and a half. My uh, final college basketball bet of the day. Final college. You just said basketball. Or college football bet of the day. I apologize because <laughs> I'm trying to fucking. I need. Yeah, yeah. I need. I need somebody to pay attention to the comments for me. Is what I'm. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Trying my to bad. Do. I got some shit going on over here. So. Well, uh, you have convinced me is what I was about to say. Uh, I am in this one with you, partner. I like it a lot. I My only concern was something you just kind of cleared up for me as far as the quarterback situation in Virginia Tech, which everyone seems to be pointing to. And my pushback, as was your pushback, is what the hell has Maryland done to make you think that they should be favored by at least a field or more than a field goal? Give me a damn break. Nothing. I have no interest in backing uh, Talia Tagavailoa. Uh, and I have all the interest in the world in fading him because you're absolutely right. They're not a very good team. You look through their uh, you look through their schedule of wins, and it's not uh, it's not exactly impressive. Uh, a lot of bad. The basically the basement of the Big Ten is where they got their money's worth, and then the non conference. That's uh, you know one ticket to get you a bowl game. It's also a ticket, as you mentioned, which they have done in the last ten years, a ticket to get you a big fat L or at least a failed cover. So I'm with you, man. I like it a lot. I do too, my friend. Uh, yeah, apologies. I fucking uh, stupid. I don't. I don't know why that <laughs> dumbass love face bullshit fucking comes into the damn chat every single doggone day. But it happens all the time, and it is what it is. So there you go. There you have it. All right, my friends. Um, that is all of college football for me. All of college football for Mags. Let's uh, talk just briefly about um, some college basketball here. I gotta do something just real quick, so I'm gonna do just a little bit of a uh, little bit of you know. Ah, I don't need that son of a bitch. Oh man, I wait. Oh, we need a producer. We need a producer. Son of a bitch. This would be so nice. I could have sent him like a little text. Hey, do this while we're talking here and uh, finishing <laughs> shit up. But hey, no big deal. It's all good. We'll get through it. I think everything's gonna be just fine. How Got some you quick doing? news if you're uh, go, not go ready. ahead. Please go ahead before uh, I get into college basketball. Pertains to our pick here in about 10, 20 minutes, but Jimmy Butler is out for the Miami Heat today. He is not playing. Um, Wait, they start in 10, 20 minutes? No, no, our pick that we might be laying out in 10, 20 minutes as far oh, as discussing oh, in 10, okay. 20 minutes. Okay, I was like, what the hell changed? No, 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 what no, happened? No, okay, no, no. for sure. Uh, and then uh, anticipate John Harbaugh anticipates that Lamar Jackson is going to practice today. Uh, see how he does. So still questionable. And then uh, Brandon Cooks returning from COVID protocol uh, this week. Okay. All right. So a little bit of NFL news. I got you. Okay. Well, I'm ready to rock and roll now. My friends, first college basketball matchup we are going to is the matchup between the Seton Hall Pirates and the Providence Friars. And I need to set the stage and get one thing crystal clear with all of you out there. We will not bet against this fucking man for <laughs> the time being. There is no question, qualm, or quarry. Ed Cooley to the absolute end of the world. We back him regardless of time, regardless of place, regardless of opponent, regardless of circumstance. I love Ed Cooley. Partner has tried to uh, fade him a couple times. He smacked him in the mouth. I've backed him. I won't allow anybody to get smacked in the mouth here today. My friends, I am not in love with the line movement. I'm man enough to admit it. I don't really like it whatsoever, but hey, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and uh, 
to get through a little things like that. So I'll tell you why I still love this, uh, love this play, regardless of that early line movement. If you've seen it flip, I did get, um, while I try and fucking get through everything here, say, oh, goodness gracious, uh, <laughs> I did get the Friars at minus one. Has totally flipped to a pick em. Uh Looks like they are uh, the dogs in some spots. But I am not buying it. You're telling me that Seton Hall is going to come in and give Ed Cooley and the boys their first loss at home this season. They're 8-0 straight up, 5-3 and three against the number. Their three failed covers were fi- uh, minus 15 against Fairfield, a minus 13 against New Hampshire, and a minus 27 against Central Connecticut State, which all three of those games, they still won by double digits, just barely failed to cover. This is only um, uh, Seton Hall's second road game. They're 1-1 one one straight up and against the number, so they there's nothing that tells me that they really need to be uh, even close at all. This should be minus two and a half, in my opinion, in favor of the Friars. I thought it was going to move up. I don't really understand why it's not. Uh, real key thing here for me is going to be the tempo. Uh, Providence is going to slow it way down, get Seton Hall off of their game, get their uh, offense off of rhythm. 219th in tempo for the Friars, 63rd in the nation for the Pirates. Going to slow them way down. The Pirates depend on uh, being able to get out, stretch the legs on fast break, and uh, depend on those points a lot, and I just don't see it happening here today. Per ESPN, Providence has a 58.2% chance to win outright. You love that even more now that they're the underdog. I would take their money line now that you're getting more value on it. I just do not see them losing. You can point to this stat or that stat as to why you might think Seton Hall would be the better team, but Ed Cooley has proved time and time again so far this season, and it's early on in the season, that uh, his games are not played on the stat sheet. They are played on the hardwood, and then we can talk about the stats later. You don't believe me. Believe the trends, my friends. Providence, 5-1 ATS last six overall. 4-1 ATS last five home games. 9-0 ATS last nine home games versus a team with a winning road record. And 4-1-1 ATS last six meetings with Seton Hall. 2-1 ATS last three meetings at their home hardwood. Outside of that, I got nothing else. But I can't, I, I, I just simply can't fade Ed Cooley and the boys. That is what it all comes down to. You think I'm crazy with the line movement and throwing tons of money at Seton Hall. That's okay. I understand. But I love the Friars. Minus one or wherever they're at on the money line. Let's go, Ed. I'm with you, kid. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, son of a bitch, I'm in. That's all I got to say. Let's go! That's all I got to say. Of course, I'm not fading Ed Cooley, man. You're right. I, I got my teeth kicked in, and then I joined. the They, they welcomed me with open arms, uh-huh. and I have, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. No. No, 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 no. They uh, they did kick you in the mouth. They let you cash a, a ticket, times. and they said, hey, we got you back. Don't you worry. You keep coming yeah. over here. Ed Cooley's just too too good, dude. He's too good. You can't bet against him. It's I a good think team, too. I, oh, like, it's a damn good no team. No BS aside. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Which I know you're not, obviously you're not laying out BS. You know what I'm saying. No, 150%. You don't have to correct that, Max. I, I obviously don't <laughs> I obviously don't think you're trying to trash me live on the show. Um, but yeah, but I, I think it's going to be an absolutely, elect- yeah, an absolutely electric game. So tune into that one. Uh, take the Friars in whatever capacity that uh, you find them there. So there you go. There you have it. Uh, three more to dish up quickly, fastly, and in a hurry. Next one up. Going to the matchup between the Southern Methodist 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 Methodist. University Mustangs, SMU Mustangs, going up against the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, and we're taking the road favorites. I got them at two and a half last night. Looks uh, like they're up to three and a half around market consensus. I wouldn't take them over that uh, three and a half, but I still am very comfortable with them at the three and a half. Yeah, it looks like they're holding pretty firm there. Um, I'm fine with them there. I actually wrote last night because I did this analysis about eleven o'clock last night. 
I said I think this line would be uh, four and a half if this was uh, this game was played actually at SMU. With it being at Tulsa, I think you're just getting that point or those extra couple points, and you shouldn't buy into the home dog. A couple of key reasons. Overall ranking, SMU is 69th per Ken Palm, Tulsa 146th, AOE, ADE, SMU 32nd, AOE, 140th in ADE, and Tulsa 139th in AOE and 169th in ADE. Hey, partner. Perfect. Okay, I found out something. So I've been hearing a shitload of an echo. When I talk, what happens is your mic, your headphones oh, get wow. right next to that, and I hear it. I just figured it out what the hell it was. So because it never happens when we're talking early <laughs> on in the no, show. No, it's totally and right. Now in, I now yeah. I just totally figured out it what it was. So I've heard that on your end like once or twice, and yeah, I was thinking that's what it was. I but, totally okay. just figured out what it was. So hey, 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 look at us solving the world's problems here. Uh, back to it. Uh, Tulsa, 139th in AOE, 169th in ADE. So obviously SMU is just the overall better team. Also looked into effective field goal opponent effective field goal as per usual SMU flat out better there 37th in effective field goal 32nd in opponent effective field goal so inside the top 50 with ease Tulsa 114th in effective field goal percentage 313th in opponent effective field goal percentage you're here to tell me that their defense is going to do anything to SMU I ain't buying it Jack last but certainly not least uh you mentioned it partner uh actually I mentioned rebounds here in a minute uh if time allots might not even uh, be necessary because SMU just absolutely blows them out of the water there but what I really think it comes down to is SMU just running away on the offensive side of the ball they are all of these are per Ken Palm 24th in offensive three-point percentage 92nd in offensive uh two-point percentage they're 52nd on the defensive side of the ball against uh the three ball and 49th uh on the defensive side against the two ball so you look at Tulsa straight up easy comparison I don't know how you could even want to back them. 71st on the offensive side uh, from beyond the arc, so a little bit better there. But 156th uh, in offensive two-point percent, 304th in defensive three-point percent, 281st in defensive two-point percent. There's just way too much of a gap here between these two teams for this line to be this short. It's basically what I'm trying to tell you. There is just a severe difference between the Mustangs and the Golden Hurricane. It is not going to be storming today. The Stangs are going to be running quick, fast, and in a hurry to the window for us. But you don't believe me. Believe the trends. SMU, 4-0 ATS, last four overall. 4-0 ATS, last four following a straight-up win. 4-0 ATS, last four versus a team with a winning straight-up record. Tulsa, 2-5 ATS, last seven following a straight-up and an ATS win. And 1-5 ATS, their last six games played on the day of Miercoles. That does it for my second-best bet of the day. The SMU Mustangs, minus two and a half miércoles is wednesday for all of you non-spanish speaking viewers out there i like a partner i don't have i don't have too much to add but i am jumping in the boat with you i did not look at this one too much uh but i like it i do like it i took it at three and a half i'm comfortable with it there i think it finishes by four with ease i would take it at yeah. four and a half too and i just don't think they can do that i think they want to get more money in on tulsa and uh i just don't yeah. think they're going to do it there's too much of a gap here between these two teams so i appreciate you partner let's get that bad boy to the window all you two out there back at me as well all right. 
Uh, two more to lay out for you here. Partner, I know you wanted to show me down on this one so bad, but you just couldn't get all the way in the boat, decided not to do it. Um, so we're going to the matchup, uh, one of the marquee matchups, actually. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers at the Alabama Crimson Tide. You know me, I typically don't go to these games, but I just could not pass up on this value, and I'm really glad I locked it in last night. Excuse me. Goodness sakes, got it at minus two. Um, it is now up to minus three pretty much across the market. Three, three um, and a half. Taking up to three and a half now. Um, I was going to say do not take it over the three and a half. Uh, I wrote last night, actually, I, I did. I wrote that. And also, I think this finishes by four. I think Alabama gets it done in some crazy, weird way. And I'll tell you why I think that. But number one, you know me and my tide. I got to back Nate Oates. Shout out CC John Rothstein, my cousin Vinny. Can't not back the boys at home. Uh, if this was in Tennessee, I probably would be thinking different. I probably would have a little bit of a different opinion, and I think they sh should be favored, and I think I would probably back them. But this comes down to situations, and I know I'm not a spot guy, but here with the marquee matchups, it matters. It matters, it matters, it matters. Bama's coming off of that huge disappointment. You remember we cashed that Davidson ticket, plus 10.5, little sprinkle on the money line, neutral court. They were absolutely embarrassed. I can't believe they lost the game. I was upset for them, but as far as my bankroll is concerned, we were pretty doggone happy about it. Now, they are back on their home floor and pissed off. That is just already a recipe for disaster for Tennessee, but Tennessee's kind of in a letdown spot here. They're coming off their biggest win of the season so far against arguably the best team in the nation right now, the Arizona Wildcats. Got knocked off by them, but they almost blew that game on their home hardwood. Max sweated out, got the ticket to the pay window, but this is only Tennessee's second road game. I said if this was in Tennessee, I would be thinking different, but their first road game was against a terrible Colorado team this year. Colorado is not the same team from last year. They lost a lot of key players. They won 69 to 54 as five and a half point favorites. There's a reason they are underdogs in this spot, my friends. This is a letdown spot, but you don't believe me. Believe a couple of uh, key things. The tempo, uh, both teams like to get out and run, but I think Bama runs just a little bit more. 34th in the nation compared to Tennessee's 75th. Uh, Bama is a little bit more offensively. They're 12th in offensive possession length compared to Tennessee's 102nd in offensive possession length. So I think uh, this kind of turns into an offensive style of a game. I really don't think we see a, a back and forth 55-50 type of game. I think it's up in the 80s, high 70s. Uh, both of these teams reach those numbers with no problem. So speaking of offense... Who's got the edge? Oh, wouldn't you know it. The Crimson Tide, 82.9 points per game, 9th in AOE, 31st in effective field goal, 153rd in three-point percentage, and 5th in two-point percentage, all per Ken Palm. Tennessee, simple comparison, 78.4 points per game, 37th in AOE, 83rd in effective field goal, 157th in three-point percentage, and 69th in two-point percentage. <laughs> Second chance opportunities are also going to be uh, a, uh, a very key thing here, uh, continuing to kind of speak of offense. Uh, Bama's 25th in offensive rebounding, Tennessee's 38th on the offensive glass. It's another slight edge for Alabama. When you're looking at tight games like this, you just got to look at some small key things like that, and I think it comes down to the hustle stats and uh, Bama's ability to push the pace, consistently get the rock in the hoop. Uh, outside of that, We've seen the line movement. I'm very comfortable with it. I like it at three and a half. We might have a play on this game also later too. But 
You don't believe me? Believe the trends. Tennessee's two and five ATS last seven road games versus a team with a winning home record. Four eleven and two ATS their last seventeen Wednesday games. Partner can't do it, won't do it. But you will find me back in Bama, who's nine and three ATS their last twelve Wednesday games. Seven and three ATS okay. last ten meetings with Tennessee, and four and two ATS their last six meetings with Tennessee on their home. Hardwood. Give me all the Crimson Tide. Caught him at minus two. Cool with it at minus three. Fine with it all the way up to minus three and a half. Be tentative, anything over that, but I don't think it will steam up that high. Books want to keep the money coming in on the volunteers, but do not do that. Don't back the public dog. Come with your boy. Hopefully now mags on the Crimson Tide. Minus two, minus three and a half for my third best college basketball bet of the day. Yeah, man, you got me in the boat. I was, uh, you know, basically tiptoeing in right before the show you know, basically fully flipping myself because you're right, man. This is just a bad spot. A, as far as being a bad spot for Tennessee, but it's also not the best matchup. Alabama took care of them last year. Uh, just the styles are just clashing styles here, and I think Alabama takes care of it at home, man. Alabama's a really, really good team, and uh, uh, they're looking to prove that again. So I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. 150%. I just saw the chalkboard kind of in there. I want to say shout-out chalkboard. Hell Appreciate yeah. the hell out of you guys. But, yeah, Nate Oates and the boys are uh, wagging at home right now, and uh, I'm not fading them. No way, no how. No. Okay, one final college basketball play to dish out here for you, my friends. Uh, going to the matchup between the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and the Louisville Cardinals, and my friends, going to the game between. Oh, not going to the game between. I already said that. I'm trying to look at something else here. I'm thinking what we're doing. Okay. Uh, actually taking the side, taking Wake Forest Demon Deacons plus five and a half here in this one. Um, I think the uh, Cardinals are being extremely overvalued on their home hardwood. Four and two straight up, two and four against the number at home. Wake Forest has only uh, had one road game, but they are being extremely undervalued because of that. They're one and zero oh straight up and against the number. Eleven and one straight up, seven and five ATS. Now they're giving me five and a half points on the road. I will take every single one of them. Couple of keys into this one. Uh, both teams like to run, but Wake Forest does hold a slight edge in tempo. 78th in adjusted tempo per Ken Palm, where Louisville is 90th in that same stat. Both defenses are pretty similar, and I see this turning into an offensive-type game where, once again, Wake Forest has a pretty solid advantage. 81.2 points per game, 48.8 field goal percentage, 34.6 three-point field goal percentage, 19th in effective field goal, 8th in two-point percentage per Ken Palm, and 111th in three-point percentage per Ken Palm. As always, simple comparison to Louisville, 70.8 points per game, 41.8 from the floor, 31.5 from beyond the arc. They're 224th in effective field goal that really surprised me 145th in two point percentage and 278th in three point percentage all per Ken Palm I also think uh Wake Forest wins the turnover battle here if anybody's coughing up the rock it's not going to be them as I always like to say Wake Forest 101st in offensive turnover percent and 116th in defensive turnover percent if that scares you don't run away too fast because Louisville outside of the top 200 216th in offensive turnover percent and teetering there on the defensive side 174th in defensive turnover over percent last but not least i think we see wake force physicality uh, and just their sheer size over Louisville. You wouldn't actually think it, but they're actually a lot bigger than Louisville. I think we see that loom large here today. Wake Forest is 27th in the nation per Ken Palm in height, and Louisville is 164th. So quite the gap there, if I do say so myself, 140 spots. I'll buy into all of that. I hope you do too, but if you don't believe me, 
believe a few trends. Wake Forest, 5 and 1 ATS last 6 road games versus a team with a home winning percent above 600. 6 and 2 ATS their last 8 road games versus a team with a winning straight up record overall. 7 and 3 ATS their last 10 as a road dog and wouldn't you know it partner 5 and 2 ATS their last 7 Wednesday games. Louisville, 4-9 ATS, last 13 versus a team with a winning percentage above 600 overall. Louisville, 2-6 ATS, their last eight home games. And, oh, wrapping it up, the Cardinals are 1-4 ATS, their last five Wednesday games. No way, no how I'm buying into it. Give me all five and a half points with the Demon Deacons for my final college basketball bet of the day. I like it, partner. This might be the only one that I am staying away from. Just a little uh, data collecting game for me, although I do like the pick a lot. Wake Forest is a really solid team, man, so I do like it, but I'm going to sit the sidelines on this one for you. Have you just not watched enough Wake Forest? Basically. Yeah, basically. I, I, I have. They've kind of been under the radar, and yeah. I've been watching them like this, and they're just they're just being too damn basically, undervalued. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been they've been kind of uh, like LSU. Like, they just they haven't had, like, the marquee matchups. They haven't sure. played those opponents. I think they're going to come out and ball today. So, okay. There you go. There you have it. Uh, my friend, we are at 11. We've been windy. Holy shit. Uh, we got a lot of other shit to cover. So uh, let's keep it steaming. Keep it moving. Yep. Keep it grooving. Hey, never stop. Good conversation. Special plays of the day. The Wednesday Warrior and the Wednesday Parlay pop off. My friend, could you be so kind as to let our fans know out there who's today's Wednesday Warrior special play of the day? Alrighty, folks, this Wednesday Warrior, I still like a partner. The value is a little bit different than when we saw it this morning because of what I mentioned about 20 minutes ago. No Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat. We didn't quite know that when we made this play. We caught him, the San Antonio Spurs. We caught him minus three and a half. Love that pick, but it is moving on up. And, partner, I still like it. Five and a half, six is now the current line. I think this Spurs team gets this one done by double digits. Yep. Uh, they're a really, really uh, under-the-radar team right now. We've been talking about them the last couple of weeks, and they're cashing tickets. They're winning games straight up. Uh, last four games, 3-1 and one straight up, 4-0 and oh, ATS. They're playing really well right now. Uh, a couple of those wins, Lakers, Clippers, Pistons, and a six-point loss to the Jazz. I uh, talked about that a couple days ago, plus seven cover. And then you look over at the Miami Heat. Not only are they uh, not playing well right now, but the only recognizable faces that you're going to see tonight for Miami is basically Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. And alone— Wait, you uh, mean you Udonis know. Haslam isn't playing? Uh, correct. No Udonis Damn Haslam it. tonight. No Bam Adebayo. No it, Jimmy Butler. Um, this <laughs> this Heat team, they have won their last four games, but failed to cover in their last three. Uh, and that uh, slate of teams is not exactly the most star-studded name of, names of teams. Pacers, Pistons, Magic, and Wizards. Wizards who are scuffling right now. So I do not think the Heat are going to have enough action tonight. And that is, uh, I could be wrong, but I do think all four of those games are with Jimmy Butler. So you take him out. You take two guys who, on a full healthy team, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, I do really like. But you get those two guys as the main two primary scorers for the team. I think they're going to struggle tonight. And this Spurs team, who's having a lot of success on offense, especially at home where they will be tonight. Uh, I like the Heat up to uh, up to the 6.5, I would say. It's 5.5, 6 right now. I would say don't go past 6.5. Heat are 1-4 ATS last five overall. 1-4 ATS last five games versus a team with a losing straight-up record. And 0-4 ATS last four games following a straight-up win. San Antonio 4-0 ATS in their last four games following a straight-up loss. 4-1 ATS last five as a home favorite. 10-4 ATS their last 14 as a favorite overall. And 5-2 ATS their last seven games playing on one day's rest. 
I love it, partner. I think they're being undervalued. Uh, you mentioned it. A lot of key names out for the Miami Heat. Not that that is the entire factor, but uh, definitely looms large, as we like to say here tonight. There you go. There you have it. The Wednesday Warrior special play of the day, the San Antonio Spurs. Minus three and a half is what we call them at, but fine with it all the way up to minus six and a half, maybe minus seven and a half. They might win this boy by eight. I think they get it by ten. There you go. There you have it. Okay, now you ask. The second special play, the Wednesday parlay pop-off. You know the drill. We combine the Wednesday Warrior with one of our mags picks, one of my mags picks, one of my mags picks, one of my picks, and we combine them all together for the Wednesday parlay pop-off. This week's uh, three-legger banger is paying out at 595 odds. So without further ado, you already know we uh, got the San Antonio Spurs, minus 3.5 on there, minus 5.5, minus 6.5, wherever you've seen it right now. That's okay. For Mag's pick, second leg, we're taking the LSU. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Plus four. Absolutely love it for the second leg on there. We've already talked about that more than we need to. And then the third leg, we're going for my pick, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Minus three. Said we might have a play on it. We already talked more about this than we need to as well. You don't need to hear us talk about them anymore. You just need to lock in the Wednesday parlay pop-off, the San Antonio Spurs on the spread, whatever it's currently at for your book. LSU plus four and Alabama Crimson Tide. Minus three for total odds of plus 595. Let's get two special plays to the pay window. Okay. Love it. Qu- quickly. Before we switch gears, in case you guys missed anything, in case you uh, didn't hear any of our picks, you tuned in late, whatever the case might be, we're going to recap all of today's best bets of the day here for you shortly. But without further ado, and as always, my friends, it is time for you to rip out your sports books, pull out your paper and your pens or your pencils if you are a mistake-prone human being or whatever mode, method, or device you utilize to take stock of the TTL Crew's best bets of the day because as I bring in my partner back in on this beautiful Wednesday of bets, December the 29th, 2021, the TTL Crew's best bets of the day are now live on your screen. So kindly turn your attention all the way above us to our Mags picks. He's got four coming at you here today. Two from the college football gridiron and two from the college basketball hardwood. He's taking Clemson minus two and a half in the Cheez-It Bowl and Oregon plus six and a half in the Valero. Please help me out here real quick. Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl. There we go. There we have it. So much freaking action. I can't remember what the name of the damn (laughs) games are. He's also taking the LSU Tigers on the hardwood. Wood plus four and a half and the NC State Wolfpack plus three. Time, turn your attention to the top right of your screen where you see my seven picks. We got three college football picks and four college basketball picks. Starting off with college football, we're taking the Virginia Tech Hokies plus three and a half, the Clemson Tigers minus two and a half, and the Oregon Ducks plus six and a half. And then for college basketball, we're taking the Providence Friars minus one and a half. Take them on the money line now with the flip. SMU Mustangs minus two and a half. Cool with the line movement up to three and a half. Don't take over four and a half. Alabama Crimson Tide minus two. Cool with it up to three and a half. And Wake Forest Demon Deacons plus five and a half. All the way above us, actually right next to us, right next to Mags, on the right side of your screen, you see the Wednesday Warrior, the San Antonio Spurs, minus three and a half. Also good with that line movement, too. Don't take it over seven and a half. Maybe eight would be the maximum. 
also now directly above us. The Wednesday parlay pop off three legs on that bad boy. San Antonio Spurs. We got it at minus three and a half, but again, whatever you're currently finding it at, we're cool with. LSU plus four and a half and Alabama Crimson Tide minus two. Again, cool with all the line movements on all of those picks, plays, everything here today. It seems to be moving in our favor and we are cool with all of it. But before we can build our bank rolls and dive in to the piles of cash, my friends, we need you to lock them in, hammer home, sprinkle a little bit of dough down. Whatever you need to say, just make sure you get today's TTL crew best bets of the day for this beautiful Wednesday, December 29, 2021, that are primed for ticket cashing into whatever the current best line is on your favorite sports book. Okay. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. There you have it. TTL Cruz, best bets of the day. They're out of here. All right, my friends. Well, without further ado, we got a lot of shit still to talk about here, partner. So, let's get on after it. Uh, next thing up, shifting it down into uh, second gear, we're going to uh, head on over to the college football slate. We're not going to have any uh, any more recaps or any graphics like that, so uh, if you're tuning in live, listen up, have your sports book out, get ready to hammer shit in, or uh, follow us on the Action Network app. I am at Cash underscore with underscore Colt Riley is at our mags in all caps. The daily show best bets are at Talking the Line. You can also follow the Talking the Line board on the Chalkboard app on the App Store, Apple App Store, or follow them at chalkboard hq jump in one of our uh channels there talk with us yada 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 as per usual and you can get all of our best bets on the today's best bets tab at talkingtheline.com. okay so we've talked about all of the bets on today's slate partner um we got everything pretty well covered um looks like everything's setting up pretty pretty good in our favor um let's keep it moving keep it grooving we'll just go right into tomorrow um start things let's off with the first one on the slate 10 30 a.m central standard time love to see it north carolina against south carolina potentially a live opportunity don't know that i have the yones to fade unc but what after we saw with texas tech and mississippi state maybe i do i have no idea similar number what say you, my friend? South Carolina, North Carolina in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, we just said it, but South Carolina, uh, nine and a half point de facto home dog. And the current total down from 58 and a half at open to 57. What say you? I've got nothing in this one, man. I certainly am not interested in uh, South Carolina just because I, I don't think they're a very good team. This was a vastly overachieving team this year, projected to be one of the worst Power 5 teams. So credit to them for getting to this point. Uh, but they took advantage of some non-conference games and uh, the rest of the basement of the SEC, for lack of a better term. And mm. I think I don't think this is a straight, like, 6-6, six 6-6. and six, six and six. I think this line is, is pretty spot on. And gun to my head, I like UNC, like you said, would love a potential live opportunity. Hopefully, maybe South Carolina gets the first score of the game and this one drops under a touchdown. I just I would love it if it was six and a half, seven. Nine and a half kind of scares me away, but I, I do think North Carolina covers. What about you? I think so, too. I, I'm not confident enough in South Carolina. They were just nowhere near a team that you need to be putting your money on in any capacity. Right. But then again, neither was North Carolina, man, especially no. at these big-ass numbers. They were so inconsistent. You thought at some point in time during the year that they were going to be able to get the ship uh, righted in the, in the good direction, right. and they just never could. So 
I don't have any faith backing them at that big of a number. Um, my best bet, best advice would be take kind of a uh, live look at this one. Um, wanted to have a live play kind of on West Virginia last night. Didn't uh, work out didn't so work well. Out. I didn't end up playing anything on it. But either way, yeah, that's um, that's where I would be um, uh, kind of in that matchup. So nothing, uh, nothing as far as what you guys need to lock in right here, right now. Next one up, the Trans-Perfect Music City Bowl in the beautiful state of Tennessee features the Tennessee Volunteers and the Purdue Boilermakers. Boilermakers' de facto home dog opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites, actually. Now all the way flipped and up to six-point puppy dogs. Total was at 58-and-a-half and now has steamed up to 65. Partner, anything from you? Again, I don't have anything locked yeah, that's in. Another a, one. That's 100% what it was, 100%, because your ear was yeah, down there just my like bad, that again. It's, I, that's I, so I, funny. Yeah. That's so funny. I finally figured it out because it's been fucking with me for like two <laughs> weeks. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Why does my it only echo right during here, these right times? Your business. <laughs> that's my bad, dude. That cracks me up. I think Tennessee's offense is going to have a lot of success in, in this game. It, Like you said, it's been moving on up. I want Tennessee, but... What Purdue has been, I mean, they were a team that you could sell high on. They obviously pulled off a couple nice upsets, and then the following week, they would be a team that was incredibly overvalued, and you could fade them. I feel like they're in a spot where they're kind of being undervalued again, but again, I just I think Tennessee's offense has a lot of success, but I don't know if I have the... I don't know if I have the stones to back Tennessee and have this Purdue team, you know, win one last game on some, you know, extremely motivated stuff. Like, I think they're going to come in with a ton of motivation and not saying that Tennessee won't. I guess I just don't know how motivated Tennessee is going to be. So, again, for now, I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, I am too, man. Purdue's missing too many key players. That's yeah. why you saw that full line jump. Right. Um I would be interested at the plus six. I think it is too many, but without those key players, I this this is the, this is the classic Purdue spot. You're just day in and day out, week in and week out for this entire year, and I'm not interested in getting the boat on anything there. Uh, that entire a line flip on the spread and then the complete, what, you're talking about seven, six-and-a-half-point jump on the total? I mean, this Dude. game this game stinks. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. I was honestly, I hadn't looked this deep into the certain, you know, more specific markets. Tennessee's team total is 36 and a half. I was going to say maybe I'd be interested in a, in a team total as long as they're, uh, you know, 30 or less, but 36 and a half, man. I mean, that kind of tells me that hmm. the books think Tennessee's absolutely going to roll roll on offense, right? And that really makes me interested in that six and a half. I don't know that Purdue can hang with them if that's what's going to happen. I don't either. But uh, again, I do not have the coyons <sighs> to get in the boat and row it down the stream. So that does it. 2 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow, Transperfect Music City Bowl. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time tomorrow. We all love a good cluck cluck sandwich, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, baby, between the Pitt Panthers and the Michigan State Spartans. And before you go run into the window and say, oh, my gosh, the Pitt Panthers are dogs. They have been so good all year. Well, there's a reason they're dogs, and you need to slow down. And before you start back in this big, stinky, wet, nasty, smelly public dog, think about backing your boy. That's right. I got to play out of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and I'm here to tell you, it's the Michigan State Spartans, minus two and a half. Books open this in favor of Pitt at uh, minus four. They flipped it with the Pickett news. That's right. Kenny Pickett is out, if you didn't know. I'll tell you about his replacement here in just a second. Um, and then Michigan State are still two and a half, three-point favorites across the market, even without their 
quote I, I don't want to say it like this because he is an electric son of a bitch. Can't wait to see him in the NFL. K-Dub Triple Sticks, that is yeah. Kenneth Walker III, for uh, those of you who do not know the man out there, um, without their most electric player on the field. I got a little bit of a counter-argument to that, too. But let's start off with the obvious Kenny Pickett. Not starting at quarterback. We need to know about that. Uh, this puts a boatload of pressure on his replacement, Nick Patty. You say Nick Hudawaddy? That's right. I had no clue who he was either. <laughs> 40 of 62 of his uh, in his collegiate career. You say, oh, that's not bad. That's in the, that's in the mid-60s. Well, only 458 pass yards with those completion percentage. Three touchdowns in his entire collegiate career since 2019. Has not had one of them there touchdowns since 2019. And he's got one pick to go along alongside with it that alone takes off the biggest hole or takes pressure off the biggest hole on the Michigan State defense their secondary they don't have to worry about Kenny Pickett and they get a lackluster quarterback to have fun on to relax with and to be able to lean on their rushing defense that is already 16th ranked in the nation so I think they have some fun on the secondary we might see a couple of turnovers just because of how one-dimensional Pittsburgh is forced to become uh speaking of the rush my friends and rushing defense no pick it does really make uh Pittsburgh very one-dimensional um I think they kind of have to try and lean on the rushing attack they're 72nd in rushing offense and that is not good against, I just mentioned it, the nation's 16th ranked rushing defense. I also think uh, how I mentioned K-Dub Triple Sticks being out, Pittsburgh has a weakness on defense. It's their secondary. These teams are almost identical, if you believe it or not. And uh, last time I checked, Peyton Thorne is still going to be in this game. He has not opted out, my friend. And Peyton Thorne had a damn good season. He leads the nation's 56th-ranked passing attack, going up against the nation's 107th-ranked passing defense. I think Thorne's going to ball out here today, man. I think he's going to show up and show out, and it's going to be sick as fuck. It's going to be cool. We know our guy Mel just got paid truckloads of money. He's got to prove it that he's worth all of that. And, uh... I love it, but you don't believe me. Believe the trends. Pittsburgh, 1-4 ATS, last five bowl games. 2-5 ATS, last seven bowl games as a dog. 2-5 ATS, last seven neutral site games. 2-6 ATS, last eight neutral site games as a dog. 1-4 ATS, last five as a dog overall. You don't think they would be overvalued here, do you? Pittsburgh, 2-6, 2-6-1 two six, two, six ATS, last nine versus a big 10 opponent Michigan State 3-0-1 ATS last four non-conference games 6-1 ATS last seven bowl games 8-2-1 ATS last 11 neutral games and 4-1-2 ATS last seven as a favorite wouldn't take it over the three maybe it pushes out at three but I doubt it I think they take care of this by way more than the two and a half uh absolutely love it that does it my best bet out of the Chick-fil-a peach bowl you son of a bitch, you got me. I don't have too much to add, but you fucking got me. Uh, it's really the quarterback matchup that you that really did it for me. If Kenny Pickett was in, I don't know if I care what the spread is. I would probably would have hammered Pitt, Pitt in. Give me Pitt. Um, but yeah, in this spot with that Pitt defense, because it, it is kind of a similar matchup uh, that Pitt has faced. Pitt facing Michigan State is a similar matchup to a lot of their ACC opponents, right? And now you remove Kenny Pickett from that, and, uh, you know, I don't think they would have had the same success in those no. shootouts in the ACC this year. So I'm with you, man. I'm with you. 
Okay, well, I appreciate you. Let's get that bad boy to the pay window, all of you out there, too, that are backing it. Uh, okay, next one up on tap. The SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl between the Wisconsin Badgers, the old cheesehead, the junior cheeseheads, going up against the Arizona State fighting Herm Sun Devils. Partner, I mentioned uh, this one scared the absolute dog piss out of me last night to you. You showed up here pre-show and said, I got to fucking play on the exact side that scares the dog piss out of me. <laughs> I don't want to be scared. I want to have some fun, but I think this one is all stinky to high hell. Convince me. Convince us. What do you got? I know you got to play out of the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Yes, sir, I do. I'm going to the favorite, the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, minus the six, people. I am taking them. I am not concerned. Both of these offenses, really similar, really similar struggles this season. Both defenses very good. But I think Wisconsin is far and away the better defense in this one. And I don't think it's really that close. Uh, a, strength of schedule is one thing that does it for me as far as uh, Wisconsin playing a much tougher schedule than Arizona State did. Go ahead. Hey, quick question. I could really use a potty break. Um, while you're breaking down your Wisconsin-Arizona State, do you have anything? Because I, I can let you relieve uh, the, you huh? do your, your thing as well. Okay. Um, do you have any plays for like uh, the next couple like outside of like Alabama and Georgia, Michigan, like yada, yada, yada? Because I can like I can real quick fill in some bullshit with Wake Forest and Rutgers and Washington State and Central Michigan. If you, you can fill uh, the blanks in there. Uh, so I got this for sure because I'm trying to lock in at least another one here uh, as far as so show, what I'm saying is you, you think, you, is can change, you, think yes. you can change the fucking tires uh, between Wake Forest and yes. Rutgers and Washington State Central Michigan. All right. I will be back, folks, Do real quick. We are fucking off to shit hour and 20 into it. We got plenty more. Could we might fun. be here till 1230 again. Uh, so I'm going to grab some more water and uh, drain the main vein, as those uh, kids would say. And I'll be back less than two minutes. I'll try and speak loud so I can convince you from the old, uh, the old bathroom partner. 100%, but, uh, 100%. Sorry, I had to fucking do, do it. Do your thing. I uh, kind of appreciate because I will do the uh, same thing next. But uh, sticking with the Badgers, minus six. This Badgers defense, number one, and it's one of the best defenses in the country, flat out. I, like I said, against a much better uh, schedule of opponents. This Pac-12, aside from a couple of teams, was ugly, stinky, uh, especially on offense this year, uh, especially the Arizona State schedule that they played. Wisconsin, number one total yards allowed on defense. Defense seventh against the pass, seventh in the entire country pass yards, number one in the country against rushing yards and Arizona State's offense. That is the only thing that they do well. Twenty third in the country against the or for the rush on offense against the number one rushing defense in the country. They don't pass well. Ninety sixth in the country again uh, on offense passing the ball, sixty seventh in total yards. So they're a one dimensional team that Wisconsin is going to be able to shut down. And I do not think you have to worry about anything else. Uh, this game is going to be done in the trenches. Wisconsin, uh, similar story. The air side of the ball. Arizona State's defense has been solid, but you look through their schedule of where they got those wins with that defensive success. It's against really bad teams or really mediocre teams. When they face uh, above mediocre teams to good teams, they didn't have the same success. 37th against the rush, 27th against the pass. So on the surface, pretty damn solid, but when you look deeper, it's just not the same. And Wisconsin 16th on offense, rushing the ball. So I think they're going to be able to have some success there. Um, and that's what we're going to see. I think... A minus six, I know it's scaring Colts away, and it got, took me a lot to actually feel confident in backing it. Uh, and you look through Wisconsin's schedule, what they did this season, um, after the point of losing to Notre Dame and Michigan. I know those two games is really what soured a lot of people on this team, but then they get the wheels back on track pretty immediately against Illinois, obviously 24-0, not, uh, you know, nothing crazy there. Uh, 
but then they cover a lot of minus three and a half, minus three, minus 13, minus 25 and a half, all big 10 games, a couple solid opponents. And, you know, the books keep setting them at these spots where it looks a little concerning uh, if you're trying to back Wisconsin. But at the end of the day, they've been getting it done ever since, you know, mid-October. So, partner, I am still on this game, but I am just wrapping it up. Uh, the next best bet for me, Wisconsin Badgers minus six. Wisconsin been getting it done since mid-October. I did hear that. Uh, I, I, I'm a... Number I'm one a, rushing defense in the country. So uh, to put it simply, to try and convince you, partner, number one defense rushing the ball is uh, defending the rush is Wisconsin. Number one in the yep. entire country. That's the only thing that Arizona State does well. 23rd on offense against the rush. Terrible against the pass or terrible passing the ball. And Wisconsin, number one in the damn country uh, on offense rushing the ball. So I think Wisconsin's got the edge in this one, partner. I do as well. Uh, I'm going to go back and look through it one more time once we get off the show here, but uh, I might be with you. I was a little worried about that 7-6 to six movement. But, hey, go join the main vein, my guy. Uh, right, get yourself a little break here uh, halfway through the show, essentially, and I'll keep it moving, keep it grooving, my friends. Um, next game up on tap, uh, we'll briefly talk about here. Uh, Wake Forest and Rutgers. Obviously, this was the uh, one you had uh, Texas. It wasn't Texas Tech. Uh, would love to have my partner here. See, this is why we work good together. Um, Wake Forest, and you guys are probably saying the same damn thing right now. You know who canceled out. But uh, obviously, Wake Forest now playing Rutgers in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, Rutgers now up to 15-point dogs. It was right around 13.5, 14.5. It keeps rising. Um, if I'm leaning anywhere, I would lean Wake Forest laying the points. There was a point in time early on in the year when uh, Rutgers was kind of a wagon. They uh, were able to um, cover a lot more spreads than anybody was anticipating for a good like five, six, seven-week portion of time. I'm trying to flip over here to see um, if we got any money and bet splits on this bad boy right now. As far as, obviously, Wake Forest is the public side, 76% of bets, but uh, only 56% of actual money wagered on the game. So, again, if I'm leaning anywhere, uh, probably would be Wake Forest laying the points, but that's a severe public side. So maybe you got to start thinking about uh, Rutgers taking the points. I'm not too certain about it. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe now that I sit here and I talk about it a little bit more and I start thinking about it, Maybe I Talking do yourself into Rutgers. Huh? I'm kind of trying to talk oh. myself. I, I started off by saying, hey, they were wagging for us early on in the year, you know, uh, covering a lot of spreads, doing a lot of good shit, and then they kind of fell off the table. And, I mean, goodness gracious, 15. Like, oh, who, who did who did Wake Forest get canceled? Who, who, who backed out of this bowl game? Uh, I think it was A&M, Texas A&M. Texas A&M. So totally I said Texas different. Tech, and I was like, fuck, Texas A&M. No, yeah, okay, A&M. perfect, perfect. Texler Gator Bowl, there you go, there you have it. Um, partner, actually... For our friends over there at the Action Network app, uh, Rutgers is rated a 6.7-point favorite. Good grief, man. Well, I mean, damn, do I they didn't have the time. They haven't had the right same now? prep. Well, I guess, I mean, Wake Forest has obviously been practicing, but they weren't, they weren't prepping for this opponent, much like Rutgers. But, I mean, I guess... I don't know, man. I just don't want anything. I don't think I want anything to do with this one. This will be... This is like a degenerate... Galore on this one, 10 a.m. on a, Friday. Yeah, degenerate 10 a.m. on Friday. Let's sweat out a Rutgers fucking is, Rutgers. Rutgers. You said it early on the season. They had some value, but they've Yikes. been just flat out miserable. Uh, yeah. It's it's bad, man. They've I wish good. Illinois was in this game because they at least were a 5-7 uh, and seven team that was improving as the season went on as opposed yeah. to Rutgers, man. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, your boy might be in the boat with Rutgers, though, because that is a uh, severe public side. I was saying Ugh. that, too. What, Wake Forest yeah. is a very big public side. And, uh, yeah, so you, you know what? Your boy's going to write down Rutgers. <laughs> 
Just in case, probably going to take end up taking that plus 15, plus 14 and a half. Okay, uh, next one up. Sons of bitches anyhow, man. Washington State against uh, Central Michigan. This was uh, supposed to be part of the Arizona Bowl. Who was supposed to – Central Michigan was supposed to be one of the teams in the Arizona uh, Bowl, Boise right? State. Boise yeah, State. Central Michigan Boise State. And, Boise State. And, and then Boise State couldn't – get it done and washington state said no fuck you barstool well now we're not backing you and what you do um so now we play the chips against the cougs in the tony the fucking tiger sun bowl what do you know about that uh chips anytime chips are an underdog i need them but i fuck Plus seven and a half point de facto home dog. I am very interested in taking all seven and a half points with the chips. But at this point in time, I cannot get in the boat. I cannot get all the way in. It's probably going to be another degenerate play for me. We'll see how the Rutgers Damn. pick is going by the time I wake up on Friday. And then uh, depending on how that's going, we'll probably meozy on into a little bit of action on the, the old chips. So, you know me, man. I love the chips. They burned me on early in the season, and then uh, they they started coming around and really cashing tickets for us. So you're gonna give me seven and a half with the chips. I know Damn, the this, Cougs. I know the Cougs are good, but man, oh man, I, that's this wasn't too many popping points. up. It's too many I'm points. mad. This one wasn't popping up where I was uh, trying to dive into these plays. I didn't even see this one, man. I gun to my head, maybe either over the Central Michigan chips, man. I they they've got mm. some offense, and uh, well, you know Washington State had some value in certain spots, but. I Pac-12 wasn't good enough for, and no. they didn't fare well enough in the Pac-12 for them to be laying that much of a, you know, of a spread. So I would be interested in the chips. 100%. 100%. So maybe that, uh, yeah, maybe we add a little bit of uh, huh. CMCH uh, plus the seven and a half. Well, chips and Rutgers Friday. money line. <laughs> Two for Okay. Okay. Before we get down that path and yeah, I start hammering no. shit Guess in two out. days before. <laughs> uh, next game up. I don't know why this is on Friday and not on Saturday. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Friday, December the 31st at 2.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. My Alabama Crimson Tide play the Cincinnati Bearcats. And you know me. And my tide. I don't bet on them. I don't do it. I uh, I, I bet enough emotionally when I watch these motherfuckers. Right. So uh, I, I lose enough emotionally, even if they win, watching these guys this year. Right. Um, absolutely love them. The 13 and a half, uh, that's where I would be. I want to lay it, but I'm not going to. Lay it or don't play it, in my opinion. think it's kind of a setup. Everything in my mind as a Alabama homer thought this game was going over. Everything I saw as a quote-unquote sports betting analyst told me this game goes way under so i'm staying far the fuck away uh going to enjoy it as a fan going to have my uh red and black crimson and black on ready to fucking rock and roll and uh you'll probably be seeing plenty of twitter content from me on friday during this game but uh no bets from your boy no bets i'm staying out of it yeah, I I'm still racking my brain on this one, man. And I I imagine I'll have something something going by by game time because I want to lay the points with the with the tide, and I have no interest in fading even on the spread of this many points. The Nick Saban team that's rolling along right now. I just this time of the year, I, come on. I don't know, man. I I don't think you're a homer, and I there's just things that are keeping me away as far as a lot of money being on the tide. I want 13 and a half, but I don't have the stones yet. I don't know. I think by game time, we'll see how the rest of the next couple of days go, but I think I want 13 and a half. We'll see what happens. I think I do too, but I'm staying away. We'll see what happens yeah. with you. 
Uh, next one up on Friday and actually wrapping up the Friday slate. Um, again, Wake Forest Rutgers, Washington State, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, Alabama. The final game, Georgia versus Michigan in, versus Michigan in the Capital One Orange Bowl. If I've ever seen a public dog, it is the Michigan Wolverines at plus say, seven Ooh. and a half. Everybody and their brothers love them. Uh, but at the same time, boatload of people uh, have already hammered in Georgia at the seven. Some people got it at eight, eight and a half, down to seven and a half, seven some spots. I think this game stinks. I think you need to sit out of it just like I think, in my humble personal opinion, I think there is no reason to get involved in the Cotton Bowl or the Orange Bowl. I think there is zero reason to get involved on either way, either side, because this is going to be the tightest, sharpest, most bet college football games ever. And I just don't think there's any reason to get yourself burned by uh, back in one side or the other. Now, that being said, that's my humble opinion. And uh, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got them and they all stink. So if you're going to smell one, you might as well smell your own. So partner... Uh, no, you got to play out of the Capital One <laughs> Orange Bowl. Yeah, what, really uh, juiced to give this one out now. What you, sorry, I, I just, I just, hey, it's the two no, it's biggest a fair games opinion. when everybody's going to be doing their yeah. shit. But what are you taking in this matchup? No, it is a totally fair opinion. I do absolutely respect the opinion because I, I don't think you're wrong. I, that's kind of my opinion on the Alabama game, and that's what I should do. Mm. But as far as this one, I really like the Georgia Bulldogs, man. I think I they get too. this done by a couple of touchdowns, let alone the 7.5. If this was at 7, 6.5, I'd be a little concerned. Uh, this is not, I know, like you said, public dog is Michigan, and this is nowhere near, as far as line reading live movement, this is nowhere near the same case as Michigan-Ohio State. That was everybody and their brother being on Ohio State. It was, I don't remember exactly what happened. It was right around nine, and then it moved down to eight and a half, seven and a half, seven, and that is a clear, clear trap as far as Ohio State. This is not the exact same thing. Mm. You mentioned it. It is a public dog for Michigan. They're running into Georgia. Uh, who this defense, especially at in a bounce back spot after losing to Alabama, they kind of had that wake up call at the which obviously they don't want to lose the SEC championship, but as far as winning the entire damn thing or at least this game, I think they got the right wake up call, man. This defense is top five in just about every category that you could lay down. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Wisconsin defense, as far as Michigan playing another stout defense that they have played, statistically Wisconsin is in the same company. But when you really lay it out there as far as the eye test and the strength of schedules and everything that they have faced, it is nowhere near. This Georgia defense is one of the best defenses that I have ever seen, and I think they were just asleep at the wheel against in, in that Alabama game. And Alabama and Nick Saban had a fantastic game plan. I don't think that's what we see today. Great season by Michigan. Great uh, great props to getting to this point, uh, climbing the hump of Ohio State. But I don't think they have the success on offense today. And I don't think they have enough uh, defensive success to uh, completely shut down Georgia and keep it inside seven and a half. So give me the Bulldogs minus seven and a half, dude. Super low key, almost shot yourself in the foot with your Wisconsin minus six play <laughs> for tomorrow. Different uh, apples and oranges. <laughs> apples and oranges for sure. We apples always talk oranges. about that. Um, but yeah, if I'm leaning anywhere, partner your ear. If I'm leaning anywhere, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm on the Bulldogs minus seven and a half. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, for you audio listeners out there, if you guys <laughs> haven't been able to figure out what the hell we're talking about, when I talk and, <laughs> and I'm like going into something, Max has his laptop over the other side, so he's looking at it more in depth, and he puts his headphones right next to the uh, right And next I'm to a the blind. Microphone. If I wasn't fucking blind, I could see everything from way the hell back here, but I have to <laughs> get I'm everything blind. this close to my damn face. 
But if I'm leaning anywhere, I am leaning to the Bulldogs. I I think the Michigan. And, hey, shout out Tony Sparks. We appreciate the fuck out of you. Appreciate your support. I'm not I, – I, 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 think, I think the magical runs over for your Michigan Wolverines, my friends. I, I would have nine times out of ten backed them in this spot uh, during the regular season. But uh, just – I you said it, partner. Georgia got the wake-up call they needed in the SEC championship game, and uh, that's really all I need to uh, – Kind of back them too, but I'm not all the way in yet. Probably going to be a Friday morning play. Okay, that does it for the Friday slate. Only four, one, two, three, four, five games remain. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five games remain uh, all on Saturday, New Year's Day, January 1, 2022. Pop the bubbly now. Bring it in in truckloads. It's time to welcome in the new year. First one up on tap. Pardon, I haven't looked. I'm really interested. The Outback Bowl between the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Arkansas. Woo! it, Razorbacks. Did you have the Yones to back the Nittany Lions one last time? Oh, Not yet. Not yet. Keyword yet. Uh, as of this moment, no. Uh, Arkansas looks like a pretty big public side, though. Got me a little interested. I need to dive into it some more. I didn't find anything glaring. And I didn't find anything because I'm not a Penn State fan. But I kind of, for whatever reason, I just fell in love with this defense. Because uh, when they were healthy and rolling, they were really, really fucking solid. But I don't know. It's an interesting matchup for them. I'm staying away for now. Um, looks like there's been some movement plus one in a couple different spots, minus one in a couple different spots. So I'm waiting on this one. Not yet is the key word, but no, not right now. For sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, if I'm Are you leaning in your- Arkansas? Like, yeah, cause I, I don't know that I'll play anything. You're leaning Arkansas. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Arkansas, but I just, I don't know, man. And from uh, the total going from 45 to 48, I'm not sure exactly right. what that means. I don't know. This one just made my head spin. So I said, ah, I'm no edge here. I'm good. Nothing like uh, updating the ticker, the final uh, four games here now of uh, this segment. But hey, what the fuck? Better <laughs> late than never. Uh, that's what I always say but next one up uh verbo citrus bowl uh citrus bowl huh we had we had a joke back in high school we uh, i obviously you know i did and some of the viewers out there know i went to school in bumfuck nowhere i had fucking 32 kids in my graduating class is country so we chewed tobacco a lot and there was uh there's a skull citrus blend out there and we fucking joked around it and anybody time anytime somebody chewed it they were a freaking puss cake and we'd be like, Oh, <laughs> you're chewing the old citrus blend there, huh, pussy? And it was uh, it was always just some funny <laughs> shit we would do. So the citrus bowl, the verbo citrus bowl between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Kentucky Wildcats. My friends, I'm back in the Kentucky Wildcats. In this one, minus the three. I would not take this over the minus three, though. Um, this was actually in favor. Originally, the spread of the Iowa Hawkeyes, minus one and a half, has severely flipped. Uh, there have been a few guys announced out, some different things, but I think the uh, books just realized they got this line wrong. Um, one big key glaring thing is I just don't think Iowa's going to have enough offense to keep up here at all with Kentucky. Uh, Iowa's 123rd in yards per game, 110th in passing yards, 111th in rushing yards, 107th in third down conversion rate, 119th in red zone scoring rate, and 96th in point, points per game. Uh, simple comparison, as always, Kentucky, same stats, 42nd yards per game, 72nd in passing yards, second, 22nd, I'm sorry, in rushing yards, 
fifth and third down conversion rate. Love that. 65th in red zone scoring rate. 30th in points per game scored. I love that. I think um, UK absolutely dominates them on the offensive side of the ball. We see uh, UK definitely have much more of a uh, successful offensive day. But I think Kentucky's defense, man, is going to be, again, too much. Iowa already doesn't have enough offensive firepower. I think it's going to show even more. UK, 26 in yards per game allowed defensively. 54th against the pass. 16th against the rush. They are, uh, oh, I guess I decided I wasn't going to write that down. Uh, 32nd in points per game allowed. Decided I wasn't going to write down opponent third down conversion or maybe accidentally uh, deleted it out of there. I know it was really, really good because I also wrote down (laughs) few red zone opportunities. So. Whatever the hell that means, I know Kentucky's <laughs> defense is going to be fucking good. I know that, and I know Iowa just doesn't have full transparency. Hey, I uh, I just know, know. I just know Iowa's offense does not have the firepower to keep up. They really proved it over the course of their last few games. But you don't believe me, and uh, my half-ass fucking analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Belief of the trends: Iowa two and five ATS last. Seven. Hey, it got fucking late when I was doing these. Hey, Iowa no two disrespect. and five ATS last seven overall. Two and five ATS last seven following a straight-up loss of twenty plus. One and five ATS last six Saturday games. Kentucky ten and two ATS last twelve non-conference games. Four and one ATS last five versus a Big Ten opponent. Eight and two ATS last ten on field turf. Five and two ATS last seven as a favorite. And and the last couple wrapping it up, 19-7 and seven ATS last 26 following a straight-up win, and 11-3 and three ATS last 14 following a straight-up win of 20-plus to take care of all of you let-down spot whores out there. It ain't happening to the Kentucky Wildcats. They're taking care of business. UK minus three is my second uh, best bet from the remaining college bowl games of the weekend. How are you feeling about that one? I... I've been torn, not necessarily torn, I don't think, because I don't think I want to take Iowa because I don't trust their offense. Like you said, man, I I think Kentucky is the right side. I'm also interested in the under in this one. I think I'm going to be hammering this one in. I just, for whatever reason, there's something telling me just to wait a second. I don't know why, but Mm. I do like it. I do like Kentucky. Not three. over three. Not over three. Though, Not over but three. I, no, but no, I no. think they roll. I think they yep. roll and take care of it. I think that is just kind of if, – if it goes over three, it feels kind of trappy. But if it doesn't, then I think they roll and they take care of it by a touchdown plus. Yeah. I think we should uh, coin the phrase letdown spot whores as well. Letdown whores spot – letdown spot whores CC Talking the Line <laughs> podcast 2021. <laughs> there you go. Ladies and gentlemen and fucking letdown let spot, spot whores. Whore. Hey, you you fucking know who I'm talking about. There's some motherfuckers running around here nah, beat that drum left, right, and <laughs> Not central. all the time, but I say it every once in a while. Yeah. I'll get, I'd get a shirt that says letdown let spot, spot whore. I, 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 I know a lot of people would fucking, I fucking love that spot. It fucking cracks me up. All right, here we go. There you have it. Uh, Verbo Shitress Bowl. Next one up, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I used to be a uh, PlayStation guy. Still got the OG PS3. Shout out PlayStation. You need an up-and-coming uh, pod to uh, sponsor. Hook sure. us up. Whatever you need. Uh, also now uh, got the uh, Xbox One. So I uh, game them both, but still love PlayStation. Two game, uh, two teams. Uh, not, not, not playing uh, uh, metaphorically. They're they're actually playing on this fucking field. Oklahoma State number nine going up against Notre Dame number five. Now. I do have a play out of this matchup. I was thinking a lot. I was going back and forth a lot, and I said, man, Notre Dame could be valuable. They could be, hey, win one for the Gipper. If anybody's going to win one for the Gipper, it's fucking Notre Dame. They're the, 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 they coined the phrase, for fuck's sakes. 
He got old Marcus Freeman. Hey, they <laughs> did. Freeman. They fucking did. did they? Yes, oh. Notre Dame coined the phrase win one for the fucking Gipper. It's the whole fucking, I don't remember who it was for, but it's a whole fucking thing. It's another thing. Notre Dame, oh, we did another thing. <laughs> Just fucking, ah, ah, keep me off of the Irish. I'm not backing them. Uh, shout out Marcus Freeman. He's their uh, new head coach. I uh, I really like him as a, as a head coach for them, though. I, I think he's going to have some success, uh, whatever, however long his era ends up being. But, hey, I'm not uh, I'm not homering out on them whatsoever. Uh, Would Oklahoma- you like me to explain uh, what your claim is and validate your claim of win one for the Gipper? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. George Gipp, nicknamed the Gipper, was a college football player at the University of Notre Dame under yep. head coach Newt Rockney. Yep. Gip was selected as Notre Dame's first Walter Camp All-American and played several positions, including halfback, QB, and punter. You thought I was fucking lying. I, told I you. thought you were fucking lying. I told you. And I thought you meant it was like for Marcus Freeman. I was like, they did no. not just within the last month. <laughs> no, win one for the Gipper. That shit was like back in the fucking 50s or 60s or huh. whenever the fucking Rockney. I don't remember when New Rockney fucking yeah. coached Notre yeah, yeah. Dame. But like there first you go. famous college. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go. There you have it. The more you know. Hey, hey, hey. How about that? All right. What well, not taking uh, the old Gippers and we're not taking the Cowboys either because I thought the two and, a, two and a half feel a little trappy. But I do think there's a very sharp side in this matchup, and that uh, occurs on the total. That's actually the under here, my friends. I caught the under at 45. I'm taking uh, the under, under, under. Uh, the total is set at 44.5 on DraftKings, 45.5 last time I looked on um, on Bet Rivers and Westgate. Bet Rivers making you pay the juice on the under at minus 112, and FanDuel has it set at 45. So kind of all fluctuating there. I wouldn't buy anything, anybody telling you it's moving up. I certainly don't believe it's moving up by any means. If anything, I think we see this settle 43, 44, somewhere in that ballpark. I would take it all the way down to 41, honestly. Um, Number one, I already mentioned him, Marcus Freeman. He's the former defensive coordinator of Notre Dame. What the fuck do you think he's going to come in here with a game plan up to fucking air air show it out, 5,000 passing? I don't think so, pal. Come on. We, we, let, let's be a little realist here, okay? So that, that takes care of the Notre Dame side of the ball. They're going to lean and hang their gold hats on their defense. What has Oklahoma State done this year? They've hung their orange hats on their defense, and this is going to be a defensive-type game. Oklahoma State, third in yards per game allowed, 10th against the pass, 5th against the rush, 1st in opponent third down conversion percentage, and 8th in points per game allowed. They're also inside the top 195th in opponent red zone scoring. Simple comparison, Notre Dame, a little bit worse, but still damn good. I don't care who wins the game. This is staying way under. 28th in yards per game allowed for the Irish, 40th versus the pass, 28th versus the rush, 14th in opponent third down conversion percent 36 an opponent red zone scoring percent and 10th in points per game allowed i think this is going to be a back and forth defensive battle maximum i see this finishing 20 to 17 if it gets wild and sweaty for you two and a half betters out there there you go maybe notre dame wins it 20 to 17 max that's what i see again i would not take it under 41 or 40 but obviously that's projection of 37 so maybe even down to 37 and a half but i don't think it's going to get that low I just think and uh, know that this is uh, kind of the sharp side, 45% of bets, 65% actual money, and I'm going to be finding myself seated squarely at that position. But 
You don't believe me, there's a boatload of them. <laughs> believe the trends. The under 16 and 5 in OK State's last 21 is a dog. 6 and 1 last 7 bowl games, 8 and 0 oh, their last 8 bowl games as an underdog. 7 and 1 their last 8 neutral games, 5 and 0 oh, their last 5 neutral games as a dog, and 5 1 and 1 their last 7 non-conference games. You thought Notre Dame didn't have trends? Oh, there's a boatload more. Notre Dame is 5-2 and two to the under in their last seven as a favorite. 4-0 and oh is the under in their last four bowl games. 5-1 and one their last six neutral site games. 9-2 and two their last 11 neutral site games as a favorite. And 5-2 and two in their last seven. I know you'll love these because you love the conference trends, partner. Against a big 12 opponent. That Big 12 defense shows up against that independent Notre Dame defense and they go head to head and it's a low scoring affair. I love it. No more than 20 to 17 here today in the PlayStation Fiesta Arriba Bowl. We're taking the Oklahoma. It's not today. It's not for a while, but a couple of days. Saturday, Oklahoma State Cowboys versus Notre Dame Fighting Irish under 45. I like it, partner. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I'm siding over with you or not. I uh, I don't know. I so I do like it. What would your be gun to your head? Who are you taking on the spread in this one? So I, okay, state plus the two and a half. I think they okay. get more defensive stops. I just but I, I'm a homer and a half for two and a half. I'm yeah. I I don't like how much of a public side Notre Dame is because I I'm interested in Notre Dame because the way they finish the season, I think on paper if i just don't know with the month gap now the coaching change i think no pun intended i think they win one for the fucking kipper but i don't know man i i don't know if i have the the stones to back this much of a public public side man i think if they played this game you know as the season was moving along along like a week after the season ended i think notre dame would have taken care of business because i think they were the better team sure now you know with a month off and a coaching change i just don't know but i might be back in the uh the fighting irish and the under with you i don't know under 150%, maybe Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know. They they, they might. Because Oklahoma know. State is good, though, too. Yeah, like they're, they're damn good. They're, they're damn, damn good. good they're man. damn good. We can't forget good, that they got stiffed in the Big 12 championship. Like, yep. that much. Yep. <laughs> like, literally that much. Yep. So there you go. There you have it. Um. All right. Nothing else from me for the rest of the slate. So, partner, you got the floor if you got anything. Uh, next one up, Rose Bowl. Wow. Let me. Let me. <laughs> The Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One Venture X Credit Card featuring the Utah Utes and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Fucking hell. I mean, Rose Bowl game presented by Capital One X Venture Card. Like, what are we just... Okay, it just it keeps getting better and better. I thought the Capital or the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl was good. This just keeps getting better. Uh, Rose Bowl, Ohio State, Utah. Ohio State opened as a touchdown favorite, now down to a four-and-a-half-point favorite as the de facto home team. I didn't have the Yones to back the Utes. I like them, man. I don't know if they got what it takes to take out Ohio State, but, I mean, see many Christmas. I, if I know anything, that that line movement, that, that makes me want to take the Utes. But I got nothing out of this one, pal. I'm staying away right now. The Rose Bowl is one of my favorite, just as a fan of sports, one of my favorite events of the entire fucking calendar, man. My mom loves I, it, too. Uh, my mom's and a I huge mean, fan. We got, yeah. that, that's one of the things. We got to get her out to a uh, the Rose Bowl parade. Yeah, that's, that's one of my bucket f- list. We got to make it happen. Absolutely. And I, I'm interested, like you said, it's scaring me away. So I am not taking any action right now. If Ohio state has the motivation coming into this game, I think they steamroll them. I just don't know. And I don't know that there's any way you can know if they are motivated coming into this game, despite it being the Rose bowl, they were trying to play for a national championship, college football playoff. And 
and saw a, an opposing Big Ten team make it into the CFP. Right. Mm. Right. I don't. I just don't mm. know how motivated they are. I. Yeah. The line movement certainly scares me away. I think they get it done. It was five last night when I was looking at it. Now it's four, four and a half. So yeah. I don't know, man. I'm uh, staying away for now, but we'll see. Yeah, and that one's on Saturday, too, at fucking four o'clock in the I afternoon know. central. So I mean, I'm <laughs> tuned for action because I'll probably have yeah. some action or Def- yeah, some action on this play. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, last one on tap because uh, we the next one won't be until the fourth. That's Tuesday. Uh, the All-State Sugar Bowl, the Baylor Bears going up against the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, if I'm leaning anywhere, I got nothing out of this yet. Uh, Baylor plus the one and a half. I like it. Uh, them getting a point and a half. I think this is a wild game like that Big 12 championship game. I think it ends like fucking 42-41, some shit we ain't ever seen, some scorgami type shit. Right. Um, but what I found really interesting is that, uh, they were not open. This line was not open on FanDuel yet. It was open on a lot of different things. So I'm going to sit back and kind of watch some of these books, what they do, how they move this, what they plan on. Cause I feel like something's up here. Something might, cause eh, there's no reason for them not to have the last game on Saturday listed. Like that doesn't, I mean, it's, it's the right. freaking sugar bowl. That makes no sense. So, uh, and then they also have LSU and K-State on Tuesday already listed. So it just it doesn't make any sense. There's something huh. going on there. I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to stay out of it. Um, anywhere you go maybe to the over, over 55.5. It opened at 50.5, quickly got steamed up five points. So maybe you think about that, but I'm not getting involved quite yet. Probably will by Saturday, though. I am basically in the same boat as you. Yeah, it looks like FanDuel still doesn't have it. It, it, it. I just looked. It was on DraftKings. I don't know. That is weird. That is definitely uh, not necessarily a red flag on whatever your opinion is, but a red flag of maybe a wait and see. Maybe something's coming mm-hmm. out, right, uh, which is exact, basically what you're saying. So I lean Baylor. I lean Baylor. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. their definitely. defense can slow down Ole Miss. But, yeah, I guess we uh, we wait and see as far as if anything's coming out of this game. Most def. Uh, yeah, that does it. That's the uh, college football slate. Uh, full breakdown. Our picks we already got locked in. Hope you got everything. Follow us on the Action app, on Chalkboard, and on TalkingTheLine.com. You can find our best bets all there we talked about because we ain't putting up another graphic today. Okay, there we go. There we have it. Now it's time to switch gear. Whoa, fuck. Switch gears one more time uh, for kind of first half of the show nonsense here. Week 17, NFL picks and slate breakdown for all of you um, listeners out there who cannot see the ticker getting updated. Partner, I don't think this will take all too long because this this one, there's not going to be a whole, I have nothing locked in. So it's going to be a lot of uh, open floor. We'll probably get through this pretty fucking quick right now. Um, Number one up. Fuck that. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> against the New England Patriots. Patriots Fuck lay in 15 and a half. Oh. I mean, I, I'm I'm good on every aspect Pass. of this Hard. fucking game. Hard 42 Pass. down to 41. Oh, well, I guess you might go under. I sound like no. a fucking stooge trying to say. No. A stooge and a clown. Shout stooge out to clown. Boston Connor. No fucking way, dude. Would you agree that this is the hardest keep me the hell out of this game that we have seen the entire season? Yeah, Just fucking No, trash. thank you. I don't want to so watch. Bad. I don't want to see so any... Bad market on this game at all get it out of my face it's so bad don't tease it don't fucking please it don't seize it get the fucking shit out of your sight throw up please please all right next one oh my gosh and they're fucking (laughs) and they're dropping the net oh mags i'm kidding i'm kidding this might be this might be to piggyback off your statement of the game the jacksonville jackson new england 
This might be the most biggest stay away, get me the fuck out of here week of the NFL season uh. we've seen so far. Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. The football team has been on an absolute fucking skid with fucking yeah. seven I's and 14 D's in that motherfucker. And the Philadelphia Eagles have been rolling. Yeah. Rolling. You mean including to tell a, me? A, including a rolling of this exact team. Exact fucking team. So you mean to tell me that they're going to open up as four-point favorites and fucking five days away before we fucking play this damn game, they've already dropped down to a field goal? What is going on? No, I'm good. I, I, partner, I mean, I'm dead on the hill. My body is dead on that yes. fucking Washington football team oh. hill. I've got burned more than enough times. It's week 17. I'm not fucking doing it again. No. I ain't doing Absolutely it. not. I ain't doing Absolutely it. Absolutely not. Because throughout the point in the season, whether it's the Washington football team or any other team, a spot like this where exactly everything you just laid down would be a uh, take the damn football team and put a lot of money on it. But hell no do I have any faith in anything the Washington football team have going on for them right Me now. Either, I don't care man. who's back. I don't care who's out. I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. Uh, that's too easy. Three and a half. Absolutely not. I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. No part of it for me either, my friend. And the 46 total is uh, just about no, fucking thanks. perfect. No idea where you could go there either. So, yeah, get me out of this one as well. I'm good on that <laughs> NFC-ish. Pretty close to fucking Ish. least mashup now. Yeah. Um. Next one. Get me the fuck out of here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New York Jets. The New York Jets are a 13-point home dog. Leave it to fucking Tom and the beat-up Bucks oh, right man. now to fucking lose the game outright. You, oh. You're telling me everybody and their damn dogs don't have a fucking parlay leg already yeah. with that fucking includes the Buccaneers' money line or minus 13. It would be the sweetest thing on the planet for the freaking Jets to win that game outright in Week 17 for the Bucks. And I think that's what happens. But do I right. have the Yones? Much like every fucking single time that I've gone to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jets, except last week when the Jets cast force. Thank you, Zach Wilson, on that 52-yard run. Tried to fucking lose, <laughs> but they didn't fucking do it. I'm not getting kicked in the fucking teeth. I ain't doing no. it. They no. are not, for some reason, the Jags and the Jets are not built to be big point dogs. When they're a small point favorite, hey, they fucking get the job done. But when they're fucking dogs, no. Stay away, go in the opposite right. direction. I am not playing this, but... Honestly, and it's a hard stay away because this is probably what everyone and their brother thinks, but in my heart, I think Tom Brady's going to go in and for old time's sakes, whoop up on the Jets by 30. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I see here. But for everything <laughs> that you just said, by 30. Yeah, for everything <laughs> you just said, they probably lose the damn game outright. So get me out of that one. I ain't playing it. I ain't laying it. I ain't taking the points. There you go, man. That's what I'm saying. We're not off to a hot start here. Let's keep it going. Come on. All right. I have one that I have fucking regret on because yeah, I, I know. I know. And we're, we're about to come on it and fucking uh, after this next one. Yeah. Miami Dolphins against the Tennessee Titans. Next game uh, up on tap on the noon slate. Again, <sighs> disgusting. What the fuck? What are we doing? Tennessee minus three and a half. They, in my opinion, opinion whoa, they should be oh, you know they are good as a home favorite Vrabel yeah. is good as a home favorite and I like back in the Titans in this spot the problem is is how well Miami has been playing right now and the three and a half the three and a half is just what scares me because I think this gets done on a weird like four or five but then again I think it could get done in classic Tennessee Titans fashion by three or less and Miami covers but Tennessee wins 
I don't know. It's, it don't seems know. too easy. Plus three and a half seems too good, too good to be true the way they're playing. I might be interested in the under here, partner. I might be because I think I don't know how Miami's defense doesn't have success against this t- Titans offense. Their defense is playing fantastic, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I Titans really don't are know. Healthy though. We thought that's that, true. A lot of people thought that last week against San Francisco's star-studded fucking 20 defense. Twenty to seventeen, and they took though. Twenty to seventeen yeah. would have gone under. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, okay. I'm, okay. I'm interested in the under. That might be a play that I make. I am flagging that one as far as look a little deeper because I, I really think either Miami's defense yeah, has a ton of success yeah, yeah. or their offense ain't gonna hang with Tennessee's offense. If Tennessee's offense is having success, that's kind of what I think. Yeah, so maybe a little Miami, Tennessee under, and then also maybe we look at Miami plus the three because, dude, fucking Tennessee is such a public size, right? It is. Dude, fucking, what, 65% of bets, 91% actual money wagered on the freaking spread. Get me Is that a fake? Is that, I don't know, that might be like a a fake Dolphins trap and they're actually the right side Dolphins plus three? I don't think so. There's already there's already people on the action already rocking and rolling. I who ha who hey. But there is a nice little money indicator on the under. So maybe maybe that under is the uh, way to go. But I digress. All right, next one up. <laughs> Partner, you got the floor. Whatever you cuss it out, scream it out, yell it out, whatever the fuck you hey. still think might happen here if you're all in faith. Las Vegas Raiders at the Indianapolis Colts. I really don't know what to expect here. CDC changed the damn rules by the fucking day. Who knows what quarterback we're going to see underneath center for the Indianapolis Colts. But, partner, share with our fans out there what uh, what's going on here for the Blue Horseshoe and the Black Pirates. So, I, first of all, I am all in favor of changing protocols if it makes sense, which I do believe it might have made a little more sense than previous rules. However, sure. They dropped this day. So they, we saw it. We talked about it. They dropped it down from seven to five and a half. And there was a certain book that I used that still had it dangling at six and a half, plus six and a half. And I scooped it up. Carson Wentz has ruled that he has COVID and he's not going to be playing. And it drops all the way to two and a half. And I said, hell yeah, I caught it, boys. I caught it. We did it. And then it's, oh, actually, we're changing the rules. Carson might be able to play on Sunday. And now it's all the way back up to six and a half. So I do actually... I think I'm going to stick with it, partner. I think I'm going to stick with it. I have a cash out option and getting 90% of my uh, over 90, I think like 93% of my invested back. I still, there's still a chance that uh, it is Sam Ellinger. I I saw an alert um, about an hour ago that it's not cleared for Carson Wentz totally yet. So it still could be Sam Ellinger for that reason, for that reason, I will stick to it. And for the fact that what you got. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a. I apologize. That was a. My bad. I thought that was like you're gasping on something. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have any analysis on this. I was really trying to just play off of uh, some COVID news, and it uh, may not work out for me. I still think the Raiders could keep this one within a touch. So oh, I will no. stick to it. Always. Oh, but there. Uh, I will stick to it. But that's all I got. Uh. Okay. Well, I. Uh... I might get in the boat with you. I don't know. We talked about it as soon as like, oh, our, our shout out, our guy, uh, fifth fifth guest for season two of the Wise Wars podcast, Jared Smith. He tweeted out. We started talking about it, um, just about this line making a random move like that on a Tuesday. It just it made no sense. And the Carson Wentz news came out. Then the CDC changed the fucking rules. And now Carson might be back in. Now it might still be Sam Ellinger. I have Ellinger. I have no idea what the hell happens here. 
it's disgusting at six and a half. It truly, honestly, really is. Shit, it's disgusting at three and a half. This should be a fucking pick em because this feels right around the time that the entire Indianapolis Colts fan base organization, one team, one dream for the shoe starts getting together and they just kick kicked square in the fucking teeth. And I don't know that I can be a part of uh, back in the old Colts in that spot, but I also don't know that the Raiders are the team to do that to them this year. Derek Carr, whatever he's going for, his whole his whole look and what he's got moving and grooving right now, I think he he's going for some type of offseason movie role or some shit. Because I don't know, it 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 it, it, it ain't focused on the football wants, field. I'll tell you that he wants a movie made about him. Even I, though there's no story to be made about There's him. there's no other reason to be growing out the Jerry curls and wearing eyeliner on the field. I don't understand it. I'm not a I, I don't get it. But what I do know is he ain't focused on the foosball. So. I ain't interested in backing either side, dude. I have no idea. I, I think you're, you opening up that position is very smart, just in case Carson officially at none. But now it sits at six and a half, and books yeah. aren't dropping it back down. Some books tend to know shit before we know shit, even though we are typically. the analysts. So Typically. There you go. There you have it. Las Vegas Raiders, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, still nothing for me. Next one up, Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Do the Bengals continue to roll, or do, do, do they turn into the Bungles? against the Kansas City Chiefs. Partner, the Bengals were four-point dogs at home, now up to five-point dogs. Total was at 48, now up to 49 and a half. Uh, Chiefs have covered, I believe, eight straight, seven straight, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, Definitely a far cry from the team that we could fade about halfway through last year and then into this year. Bengals are still holding on firm to that plus 230 AFC North ticket. Uh, looks like that baby's going to make it to the pay window, but um, I'm going to stay out of this one, I think. If I'm leaning anywhere, I'm leaning to the Bengals, but it's only because I have that ticket out and I am just feel like a homer taking the points. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you as far as staying away. I think this might be the final test of how back – are the Chiefs honestly? If they yeah. smoke the Cincinnati Bengals, it might be uh, look back. the hell out for the Kansas City Chiefs for real. And honestly, back, back. If maybe you already think that. Maybe you do. I I got no interest in laying the five and a half. That seems like you're you know you're buying high on the Chiefs, uh, which uh, you know the Bengals are also playing well. But we know how the books price the Chiefs when they are playing like this. Typically, is a little bit inflated. So I'm not going to be laying it with the Chiefs. Don't know if I have the stones to back the Bengals though. Pretty much in summary, same thing I got. Yeah. Uh, next one up on tap. Oh, my. Get me out. Move me away. Push me in the opposite direction. New York Giants. The New York City uh. football Giants against my Chicago Bears. My Chicago Bears. The books have the audacity to allow them to lay six points, two field goals right under a touchdown, in case you didn't know. At home, are they smoking meth? Who the fuck has been making the lines over there? Because... I know the Giants have been bad, but the Giants are the Achilles heel of the Chicago Bears. No matter what, the Chicago, the fucking New York Giants find a way to beat the Chicago uh, fucking Bears. Whether with it's with Mike Glennon or not, I don't give a damn. Put Jake Fromm in there, something might happen. I hope the Bears get it done. You best believe my happy ass will have all of my Bears gear on come Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time rooting these sons of bitches on. But I don't think they cover a six. I also don't think Giants cover a six either because they have been absolutely disgusting. And you over there, partner, as I kick it to you, have been on the fade train of the blue and red for 
what seems like the last 12 weeks at this point now, you got the Yones to fade him against the fucking Bears. I don't know, dude. I don't know. You said it the last, I don't even know, however long they've been rocking with Fromm and Glennon. That's how long I've been fading. last four weeks, I think. Maybe you started it off. uh, But either way, three of the last four weeks, basically, and it's been working out fantastically. But in the same vein, uh, my success in these Bears games, whether it's backing them or fading them, the only success I've had is when the Packers play the Bears. So I don't know, man. I think they should smack them. I think they should, but I don't think I should do any type of action on the Bears. I just don't. Because when I do, then they'll lose outright and you'll be pissed off at me. If I stay away, they'll win by 10. So maybe for the sake of being an asshole, maybe I do hammer him in. I don't know. Piss off, pal. You got a few more weeks to play with. I got two left here, all right? I got two (laughs) left that I get. You know what? Merry fucking Christmas. I'll stay away from you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, I'm staying (laughs) away from that game. Uh, Atlanta. Hawks, Dirty Birds, next game up against the Buffalo Bills. Another one. Get me the fuck out of here. Bills are a 14.5-point home favorite. The only spot that the Falcons have been able to cover is on the road as an underdog. Do I have any interest in backing them at 14.5 after number one? They almost let the fucking Detroit Lions come back and beat them, led by Tim fucking Boyle. Do I trust them against the Buffalo Bills who just absolutely lit up the New England Patriots and proved that, hey, when there ain't 500-mile-an-hour wins, Josh Allen's going to carve up any fucking defense in the league? Or is this prime spot for the Buffalo Bills just to let us all down and the fucking Falcons win it outright on some stupid shit? Bills get one more opportunity to limp into the playoffs? I don't know. I can't call it. It feels like a freaking trap spot for the Bills to me. I want to take the 14 and a half, but the Dirty Birds just don't got it. And I have no interest in getting involved anywhere in this game. Another one. No. I'm, I'm staying out of. I have to stay out. I Shit. actually think the Bills fucking roll them, and I'm interested in the Bills. I think it's a trap for the Falcons. That just seems like a lot of points. You look back yeah. through their schedule, the games they've lost to – uh, when they lose to good teams, they lose pretty damn badly. They've only kept, I mean, their best loss against a good team was a 13-point loss against the Bucks. All of their other close games are against mediocre to bad teams. When they play these good teams, they get smoked. Mm-hmm. And the Bills are starting to be the Bills that we expected them to be. And early on in the season, they obviously in the middle of the season, they had that loss to the Jaguars. Early, early in the season, first few weeks, they were absolutely steamrolling some bad teams. So... I'm staying away, but damn, I might be interested in the Bills. Yeah, I might be too. I don't. But I, I don't probably know. Probably not. Fuck I don't know. That, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I'm staying out of that one. Uh, next one up on tap: <laughs> Rams at the Ravens. Rams a three and a half point favorite. Why is it so low? If Lamar's back, obviously you take the three and a half. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure if Huntley will be back. I'm not sure if Josh Johnson is going to be getting the dog on start. I have no idea. This line is way too easy for the current form of the Rams. Minus three and a half. They should blow through that. So it makes me want to stay away. I don't know, man. I think this is another one you just stay out of. I think I agree with you. I I, like my gut tells me maybe the three and a half the Ravens at home put up a serious fight at home and they are fighting for a playoff spot but like you said I just don't know I just don't know and I don't want to I'm not 
I'm not wagering my money on, I think, right? We probably yeah. should. Probably, probably maybe no, yeah and baltimore two and a half at open two and a half point dog up to three and a half now so oh disgusting uh next one up houston texans <laughs> getting 12 and a half points on the road in san francisco uh 12 and a half points for the texans who just beat the chargers outright as double digit dogs last week uh do they dare repeat back-to-back weeks week 17 uh, 49ers battling for their proverbial playoffs lives, but may not have Jimmy G. And if they don't got Jimmy G, folks, I'm saying it right here, right now. This might be the first bet I actually like. Houston, really? Texas plus 12 and a half. I don't fucking know. Both teams are seven and eight against the number. Would you rather fucking take points or lay that fucking chalk when both teams are seven and eight? I think I agree with you. I shit. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm in the boat, but it's the first. It's the first yeah, and only one that has lit up my eyes so far yet. I don't give a shit Trey about it. Lance, man. If it's Trey Lance, oh. I really think so. He. I got to take it. I, I think he could have a nice career, but what we've seen from him so far, they just don't move the ball. When no boy. No. Uh, no you're right. I feel sick that I'm agreeing with you, and I think you're right. This is the one that I, I agree. This might be the nicest looking one that we've talked about so Houston far. Houston might be the nicest dog. Um, next one up. <laughs> Fuck. Denver Broncos at LA Chargers. Uh, classic AFC West matchup to wrap up the year. Yep. Chargers scuffling, boy. Uh, yeah. They do get Austin Eckler back this week, though, so that definitely helps them out a lot. They are laying six at home. Um, ah, this was in mile I high. Like I might have a little bit of interest interest in the old uh, Denver Broncos. It seems that just seems like a lot of points the way the freaking Chargers yeah. have been playing. Like I know we have been beating the drum for the longest time since this, before the season even started. So well over twenty weeks now that the Anthony Lynn anchovies are gone, all that curse and shit is gone. There's there might be some Brandon Staley sausage thrown on there somewhere that's just like every once in a while, what the fuck is going on? They might win the game outright. Shit, they're gonna lose to the damn Texans when they need to win the game against a fucking layup opponent to make it into the Tough. playoffs. I can't trust that team. I can't trust I that team. I love Staley and the Chargers, and it feels like a homer, me laying those points. And, but I can't back Drew Locke and fucking Fangio and the Broncos right, right. now. I, I so as far as doing a little deduction as far as this concern, as far as buying low on the Chargers, they lost to this Broncos team 28-13 to about a month ago, and now they're five-and-a-half-point favorites after they just lost the Texans. I don't know, man. You're telling I, me we're hammering in the Broncos? No, I'm saying I'm interested in the Chargers because, uh, you know, if, if they're really supposed to get smoked, why are they five-and-a-half-point favorites? I don't know, man. I Never mind. I... Yeah, makes no sense. That one's not a fun one to uh, deduct either. These AFC, uh, these division matchups, not great. Oh, no, speaking of division matchup, Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Saints laying a touchdown at home. I don't know who's going to be under center. I don't know if it's going to be in book. I don't know if it's going to be friggin' old Taysom Hill. I don't I don't know who it's – I don't know if they fuck around and slot Simeon back in there in old week 17. I don't know what they decide to do. I also have no faith in Sam Darnold, zero faith in Cam Newton at this point. I like you, P.J. Walker, but forget it when it comes to betting my money. Uh, total at 38 and a half. What is this going to be? Six to six. Finish fucking nine to maybe. six. May- maybe eight to six with a safety. Um, I have no idea. The Saints have not played worth a hot damn at the former Mercedes-Benz Super- Superdome, now known as the Caesar Sportsbook Dome. 
Uh, see sports betting is taking over. One in five against the number are the Saints so far at home, and they're laying a touchdown. No, uh, no thanks. I'm good on that, but I can't trust Carolina in the current form and what I've seen to no. cover a touchdown. No, I'm interested in the under under Damn. 40 points, man. Because am I crazy that at least one of these teams is going to stay in single digits in this damn game? At maybe. least one of these teams has got to stay in single digits in this game, right? Maybe. You would fucking hope so. I think so, but I don't know. I, I can't call it one way or another. I'm interested in the under, man. I said it about that damn Saints and Dolphins game, whatever the total was, 38, that that was just a Big Ten game in disguise, and I think this is an even stinkier Big Ten game in disguise. <sighs> Rutgers against North fucking Western. And that's what this screams to me as far as being a 10-7, to 7, a million and one punts. I might take the under in this one. Maybe, 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 maybe. This team's offenses are brutal right now. I also just don't see how, like, New Orleans' offense is just it even seems more brutal than Carolina's. It's just like, I goodness. Fuck, I, 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 I'm I disagreeing with you. I just I don't know either way, man. Uh, uh, maybe. These maybe, games are hurting my brain not. this week. Yeah, this isn't fun. Uh, Arizona goes into the star to play the Cowboys as five-and-a-half-point dogs opened up as three-and-a-half-point dogs. Ooh. Line is steamed up. Oh, man, I've said it all year long, and they keep they're just like, yeah, you're a fucking dumbass. Uh, five, five and a half point favorites are Dallas Cowboys. If I'm going anywhere, I'm uh, I'm going to back the Cowboys, laying the five and a half. It has become pretty evident that um, everybody's whole, oh, Arizona's defense is going to gonna fall down at some point. That's just not going to happen. Their defense is about the only thing doing anything for them right now. And without D-Hop on the offensive side and Kyler having a guaranteed I can throw this ball here without even looking and know that we're going to make this play and be okay for another drive, without him having that, I just I can't have faith. And there's a reason this line is ticking up uh, and it's Wednesday and this isn't until a 325 game on Sunday. So there's a reason it's moving like that. I don't know. It might go over, uh, open at 50, up to 51 and a half. So something to potentially think about there. But again, not 150% sold on that. That's going to be a uh, stone cold fact that that flies over. I don't know. Dallas looks absolutely terrific, but I've had a hard time getting involved in any Dallas games. These these spreads, I don't know. Five and two against the number at home. Arizona seven and one against the number on the road. So, yeah. I mean, Rondell Moore, James Conner are still questionable for this one. Uh, I... Don't know how to deduct that, but that obviously scares me away from Arizona. Because you're right, I don't want to back Arizona right now, but this seems a little inflated at the same time. Staying away for now, I might be as interested in the Cowboys, though. They're rolling right now on offense. Maybe. Maybe. Big maybe maybe there. Big Uh, maybe. Last one. Okay, two more up. We got this one and then uh, the Sunday night game. Um, And then we'll have Monday's show, so we'll be back in action. Um, Last one on the 325 Central Slate PM, Detroit Lions against the Seattle Sea Squawks. Get me out of here. Get me out of here, dude. What are we talking about? I want to take the Lions plus Fucking Lions, man. This is like the second most interested I've been in a spread That's what I'm saying. Seattle is absolute dog shit right now. I mean, They let my Chicago Bears... I fell asleep and thought... I thought the Bears lost the fucking game. I I fell asleep. I thought the fucking game... It was over in the second quarter. I think the Lions can win this one, I think they can, too. They let them come all the way back and freaking cover. My Chicago Bears... Detroit Lions can do it, too. I think Jared Goff's back. He's familiar with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Lions plus seven, dude. Maybe a money line sprinkle as well. But I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not condoning it quite yet, but maybe. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, man. I I have just been beating the fade the Seahawks drum for a while. There's just been certain matchups where the other team is like, okay, well, what what about that team? And this is not any different. But the Lions are at least I can can uh, say convincingly that the Lions are at least motivated every single freaking week man with motivated MCDC, man motivated motor city dan so, campbell baby do you think the seahawks and pete carroll russell wilson do you think they're pissed off trying to bounce back despite their standings because i could see that or are they just they're ready to get this fucking season over with i don't yeah i think they might be ready to get this season over with i don't know if they're gonna blow this shit up uh post fucking post year 2021 they gotta fucking do something because it ain't working and i think uh russell wilson is wasting the prime of his career right now getting fucking yeah. blown up behind that offensive line and the whatever the fuck that rendition of that offense is Ugh. i think he needs to go somewhere but the door has pretty much been slammed shut on chicago and i don't know really where else i can't remember really well else, but there's nothing that's like ringing a bell for me so as much as I hate to say it, I think the uh, Detroit Motor City fighting Dan Campbell, kneecap biting Lions take care of the seven and maybe are worth a money line sprinkle as well here on uh, this beautiful Wednesday at Bets. Last one uh, up on tap. Uh, I'm not going to show you down. I don't give a damn enough about this one to really even care. Minnesota at Green Bay, Sunday night football, Green Bay, six and a half point home favorites, down from seven point home favorites, but who the fuck cares? It's That's happened time and time again for the Packers all season long, and much like them getting calls at Lambeau Field, it's just going to happen. They're going to cover this game. It doesn't matter. Uh, Minnesota, I like the plus six and a half, but I have, again, no interest in showing you down. Have the floor, Cheesehead. I, I got nothing. I haven't dove too deep into it. I am really interested in the six and a half. However, and I think the Packers, completely different than when they went into Minnesota. They had some key guys for that specific matchup that were tough guys to be missing in those games, and they'll be having those guys back. I am still nervous as far as laying the six and a half, though, just because these Vikings games uh, throughout the entire season, we talk about it every single week, are just so damn close, and now they're back in a dog spot. I do think they can cover it, man. I think they can keep it close, but I just don't know. Uh, I'm probably going to be laying the six and a half, seven, whatever it is. You know me. but Classic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings, they just keep games close, so I still yeah. got some more to dive in, some more uh, props to dish out this weekend, but... Uh, uh, I think the Packers bounce back after a couple of uh, obviously wins, but close wins against some AFC opponents, and they uh, hammer down and because uh, they need to win the last two to uh, secure the one seed in the NFC, which they obviously want, and uh, they don't want the Vikings to be ruining that this year, uh, which they tried to ruin the first matchup, obviously. So get me out of this one. I'll uh, lay some stuff down this weekend in the blog, though. Yeah, I got no interest whatsoever. So if you're going to see anything from me, it's going to come from the Houston Texans and the San Francisco <laughs> 49ers game and the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks uh, game, potentially the Denver Broncos and L.A. Chargers, maybe as oh well, gosh. Carolina and New Orleans. Um, yeah, nothing to lock in for you guys. I'm sorry if you came looking for if you came looking for advice. I hope we gave you enough value there. Sometimes the best man, advice oh is to fucking – Look don't at this shit and be fucking life. real with yourself. And, yeah. hey, maybe we don't need to try and be as smart as we fucking think we are. So there you go. There you have it. Everything in between. Okay. um, Partner, that does it for Yeesh. all of the week 17 NFL picks and slate breakdown. Let me take that out of here. 21 minutes after the top of the noon o'clock hour. Um, 
fucking it's a spectacular you know it's two hours plus when it's a spectacular here at the show so. so uh let's wrap up second half of the show obviously we got your sidebar we'll talk a little shit we'll give you guys some updates as far as what to expect next couple of days and on into monday when we resume the show in 2022 holy shit um and then yeah we got episode 200 coming up really soon so yeah we got a couple things to talk about here so first things first Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul. You have been dying to get out of the kind folks to join us on episode number 192 of the TTL pod on this absolutely gorgeous December the 29th, 2021. All right, dude. Uh, nothing crazy. Just want to pay some respects to uh, the legend that passed away yesterday, Mr. Ah. John Madden, dude. 85 years old. Dropping a few facts that you may have not under or not may have not known. Not you, everyone that's uh, listening. Because uh, every generation seems to have a different perspective or relationship as far as who and what I th- John Madden means to them. I think our generation, like our age group, like not the millennial, but like our age group, because there's like one like or two years younger than us in the millennials still. But sure. um, like our age range in the millennial generation is like the last age group that like knows John Madden as the coach of the silver and black as the Super Bowl winning coach as the fucking coach that coached against the miraculous uh the immaculate reception like there's very few people that know about that shit anymore and like it just it's just, it's crazy so yeah, yeah. keep going it's well, crazy no, not only that, that but I would say we're the last generation that uh, knows and appreciates him in the damn booth which we didn't oh. obviously get the same like 90s I would say seems like it was peak Madden with Favre, Aikman bro I Elway, watched him these- fucking breaking down water jugs yesterday and I yeah, was man. dying laughing his fucking I, just the way his presentation as somebody and I'm sure you can attest this too as somebody mm-hmm. in broadcasting as somebody in podcasting what the industry has become now if you can live up to be a quarter of what that man was yeah, man. I mean holy cow because you're right like I spent an hour and I don't know that I've ever seen um more diverse like you just content from when someone passes away like this like a lot of the times it's same stuff same stuff same stuff i scrolled through for an hour and a half and it was a different clip different video of whether it was coaching broadcasting video game stuff it was incredible man i'm probably gonna do it again today um because yeah we still we got a little bit of the broadcasting edge um 97 or excuse me 1979 to do that 2008 he was in uh, a few different booths bouncing around a few different stations game video game started in 1988 him and, and summerall though dude just him and summerall then him and al michaels him no breaking way. down oh, like michaels you said it him breaking down uh, how to make a or what is a turducken it, yeah. like, it gets me juiced on that, that. you mentioned as far as breaking down water coolers you're captivated yeah. and that's why I mean, the NFL wouldn't be the NFL that we know and love today as far as the popularity and height of the sport without John Madden, in my opinion. Um, and you and see, you Al, this- it's a turkey inside of a duck <laughs> inside of a chicken. And the yeah. way we look at it, Al, I mean, it's just, oh, it's yeah. just And iconic. a lot of those things are going around, and you're captivated by him just breaking down some goofy stuff and just being funny. But the way he breaks down actual game tape and game oh. film, I mean, he's Legend. the, I Legend. don't know that he's the originator of the Telestrator, but he's the man who basically did what it does yeah yeah you know made it what it is and you know made everyone you know remember and recognize what that is but as Mm. a coach dude uh one-time super bowl winner which i know a lot of people understand he won a super bowl about 103 wins to 32 losses in his career over 10 years 103 32 and seven ties for 10 all 10 of those years partner his offenses were in top 10 in yards 10 straight years in his entire tenure, his offense was a top 10 offense. That's unheard of, man. And, you know, I think he probably, 
uh, you know, probably wishes he had some more rings, obviously, because I know there was uh, early in his career, there was a little like stigma, like, oh, he can't win the big one. But obviously, he, uh, you know, says screw you to that narrative and got it done. But nonetheless, the man was an absolute legend. I tweeted it out. I can't ever get enough of his relationship and love of Brett Favre, obviously, with my Packers ass. But it's, I mean, it's goofy. You don't have to be a Packer fan to just, it's mm. just silly, man. Yeah. The story that Favre tells about how Favre almost killed him by a damn stink bomb, it gets me every fucking time. Um, and there's a million and one stories like that, man. So, if you, I wish I, I didn't get a chance on Christmas Day. They had the John Madden documentary, All oh, Madden, I think Madden. it's called. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, someone, I saw someone that's going to be out on a streaming platform next week or something like that. So I'm, I cannot wait to watch that. Uh, but nonetheless, just, uh, yeah, just want to pay some respect, man. Yeah, speaking of All Madden, um, obviously, kind of, uh, that was kind of the one thing you didn't really mention is video game legacy. And like, Ed, that's yeah. uh, so many people right. play Madden and so many people. Yeah have fallen in love with the game of NFL because of playing Madden. And right. there's a shout-out BR Gridiron. They put out some stats here. Uh, it's funny that you, this is where you took it because I was actually going to mention this too. They put out uh, some video game stats from him. He insisted that it be a real football game. So they mm -hmm. they thought it, they, they, he didn't want it to be like the Tetris and the bullshit, like a right. real – we call – this is real. We call the plays. We run the – everything is real. He made sure it was 11 on 11. They wanted to also make it kind of fugazi, like a five yep. on five, six on six, something like that. He His main goal was literally for span, fans to be able to learn the sport. And, dude, there are so many guys in the league nowadays that talk about, oh, yeah, I learned how to read defenses by playing Madden. Like, right. And it's so damn true. So that's fucking crazy to see that come to fruition. When EA Sports originally was making the game, he let – Madden let EA Sports utilize one of his old playbooks for all of the plays in the game, yeah. which is sick as hell. And he just sits back with his feet kicked up. Everybody loves Madden and and and, and makes millions. But it's so crazy that like young the younger generation just they they don't even know who Madden is. They just think it's the Madden right. football it's game. They man. don't know who the Madden is. And I guess right. that's I guess we're kind of turning into old man yelling at cloud. Dude. I know. Like, holy well, fuck. I saw somebody and I hope they could do this as far as next year. Cause they used to, cause Madden used to be the broadcaster on the game. I think about until he actually left the booth. Maybe they kept, I think they might've kept him for a year or two. Um, because, cause they did have him like in the mid two thousands when I was first, uh, you know, playing first few years of playing Madden. But anyways, um, it, they're actually, I'm glad you mentioned as far as how he got the game started. There is, it's not a, they didn't make it into an actual video documentary, but ESPN 30 for 30 for a, a year or so, they were doing podcast only uh, like 30 for 30s. And there's one, uh, it's called Madden's Game. If you go ESPN 30 for 30 podcast, it's only 40 minutes. And he a lot of what you just said about how he got this, uh, Madden started, what he wanted, it's in that. And it's really, really good. 40 minute uh, 30 for 30 do podcast documentary called Madden's Game. You should go listen to it. It is fantastic. Hell yeah. Okay. Madden's Game. Son of a bitch. All right. There you go. A little bit of extra something something for your uh, New Year's Eve weekend there. All right. I like that. ESPN. I'm probably going to listen to that again today, actually. Cause it, it was back in, they dropped it back in 2017, so about four years ago. Um, a lot of other good hey, podcasts, uh, documentary 30, 30, podcasts on that one. They got one uh, just sticking in this rabbit hole for a half second called The Lights of Wrigleyville. I think it was a podcast only about uh, 
uh, the first night game for Wrigley. And uh, wow, you know that's uh, that's definitely up your alley as well. Wow, far. maybe sign me up there, buddy. Oh, I'm gonna have to go check these out. Okay, and they, oh please, of- last one. They got uh, the birth of the UFC. They did one. There was like three straight, dude. That I was all about the birth of USC, wow. UFC one. Uh, See, I know the whole fucking story behind all. I know that. you like know, the, but it, like it's at least a cool. It's a, like, oh, mm-hmm. dude, the story of the UFC and like how it's told, depending on who tells it. Like, dude, the, this like, one's the, good. Lorenzo and the Fertitta yeah. brothers and Dana and like, dude, I mean, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It was like three straight weeks. These three that I was absolutely in love with. That Fuck one, yeah. the Wrigley one, uh, okay. and then uh, the Man one. So go check it out. Thirty for thirty podcasts. All right, all right. Uh, anything else? Um, our mag sidebar related. Uh, sidebar related no sir that is all i got all right uh we've been here for two fucking hours two and a half hours so we won't uh dive deep into any daily leans if uh you see any ads from us be sure follow us action network app chalkboard and talkingtheline.com for all of our best bets and ads throughout the day um nothing else major for me as far as banter wise um New Year's coming up. Holy shit. Crazy as hell. Um, might as well talk about that. We'll have our 200th episode coming up right around the corner. So maybe we can have like the 200th episode and one year celebration kind of all wrapped into one. We'll see what we do there. But obviously, yeah, this is uh last show of 2021. So what is this? Two, uh, 192, you said? 192 yeah we made it through uh made it through 2021 uh thanks to you guys we get the opportunity to go into 2022 so uh three four five six seven eight nine two hundred uh would technically be two weeks from today so mm-hmm. hmm, who knows maybe we'll see okay. we'll talk about it we'll see okay. what's going on um for now though um Trying to think. I got nothing else. No uh, no show tomorrow. No show Friday. Uh, taking the extended weekend here for uh, New Year's weekend. Going to be back on Monday, ready to rock and roll. And outside of that, nothing major. No Cup of Joe on campus on Saturday. You'll see our Max Extra Cheddar on Sunday. You'll see Pix Blog coming back pretty soon. Uh, stay tuned into TalkingTheLine.com. Visit this uh, link tree in this episode's description. Outside of that, that's all I got. You got anything else over there, partner? Not really, dude. Nothing on my side of things. Okay. Well, for then for the final time in 2021. I mean, we could just go marathon 24-hour pot. I, I mean, know. we could do that. I'm <laughs> good on all of that, actually. Um, for the final time in 2021, my motivation minutes. And for the final time in 2021 as well, a quote from the legendary coach John Wooden, the second of the two weekly quotes, since this is the last quote or the last uh, pod episode of the week. You know how we do it. I actually don't really have any perspective behind this one. This one is uh, pretty straightforward, pretty straight up, and it's kind of fitting because we've already been here for long enough today, so it's I think it's the perfect one to put a cherry on top of the cake. John Wooden once said, Talent is God-given. Be humble. Fame is man-given. Be grateful. Conceit is self-given. Be careful. Talent is God-given, be humble. Fame is man-given, be grateful. Conceit is self-given, be careful. And I'll let you guys go down your own rabbit holes on that one. Pretty much straightforward, straight to the point. There's not a whole lot of perspective I really even need to put behind that. There's a lot of, there's a, a lot of powerful message behind three simple sentences there for you. So... 
think about those uh, next couple days until we get the opportunity to see you again from the legendary coach John Wooden one more time. Talent is God-given, be humble. Fame is man-given, be grateful. Conceit is self-given, be careful. And that does it for my quick motivation minutes, last motivation minutes of 2021. I love it, dude. Absolutely love it. Fantastic stuff to close it out. There you go. There you have it. All right, my friends. We made it. That does it. The New Year's Weekend Spectacular, courtesy of the TTL crew, live and in prime time, is now in and on your favorite directories, platforms, yada, 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 whatever you want to say. Um, nothing else from me, nothing else from Mags, but there is one final thing we must do for the final time here in 2021. Ladies and degentlemen, degenerates and gamblers, far and wide for myself and Mags. Thank you so much for choosing to stop by episode number 192 of the TTL pod and hang out with us for the entire year of 2021. Thank you for allowing us to start this as but a humble newsletter, giving you a few daily picks day in and day out, a little inspiration corner from your boy, a little RMAG sidebar uh, from the man that sits to my left on now our one of three uh, weekly podcasts, two, uh, one daily and two weekly I can't even believe I'm saying that. It's because of you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to grow and bring you our thoughts and opinions and analysis and dive into rabbit holes with us every single day. You guys are the shit. Your likes, your follows, your subscriptions, your views, your comments, your retweets, everything in between that you guys do, we see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for the final time in 2021 and for many more times to come in 2022. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We will catch you on the flip side come Monday. No Thursday show, no Friday show. One final reminder, we will see you on Monday, January the 3rd, 2022. Rip an entire year off the calendar, my friends, because it's time to start a new one. Outside of that, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Wednesday, unless you have any other plans. A terrific rest of your Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday elongated weekend filled with nothing but good vibes, wonderful resolutions, prosperity, love, peace, kindness, and any other good vibe-inducing thought or person that you could possibly think of. I hope it's all coming in your direction over the course of the next few days. For now, we'll see you on the flip side. Make sure you get all of our best bets locked in. Have a spectacular rest of your 2021 and into 2022. And for the final time from the crew here in 2021, let's cash some tickets. <laughs>